Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Diana. And you're listening to Fiction Kitchen, where we're cooking with inspiration from our favorite books, movies, and TV. This episode, we'll talk about Chocolat, the novel by Joanne Harris. We'll also talk a little bit about the movie adaptation. Before we get started on the main episode, um, we were talking about adding a little feature at the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah, where we like highlight some of the cool things going on in the fiction food community. Yeah, because... did you guys know there is a whole community? Like, <laughs> I don't know if we're all aware of each other, but... I know, I, I feel like, yeah, we're all just kind of coming in contact. But there are so many people out there, like, doing exactly what we're doing, like, cooking from, um, yeah books, movies, and TV, yeah, but just, like, inspired. making really cool, yeah. amazing things. So, um, we actually haven't told each other what we're going to share, so um, why don't you go first, <laughs> Diana, because I'm excited yeah. to see what, what you're highlighting. Tasty time! So, I always try to keep up with, uh, like, my online acquaintances who are who also do fiction food things, um, so, so, like, in a day, I, I see so many awesome things, um, but but one recently that my daughter and I, um, we, he has YouTube videos. There's a guy, um, he goes by Koali Pops. Um, it's JK Denim. And as I said, he has a YouTube video, but my daughter, our YouTube site, and my daughter and I, like for I don't know how long, just sat on the couch and like watched several of his YouTube videos in succession. And um, specifically his doll cakes. So he has been doing. <laughs> some really awesome and creative doll cakes. So like with the Wilton doll cake pan and then you take, a, you like buy a doll and you take off the clothes and then stick the legs oh, in the, okay. <laughs> in the cake. Saying. Yeah. And then he'll decorate it with fondant. And so, but it's, he, but he's just such a fun person um, and just so like fashion creative. Like he even did a Prince Eric. Oh neat! Doll I'm cake. on his Facebook right now. And I saw um, he's got a minion cake. He yeah, just, <laughs> which is cute. Yeah, and the minion. So that's the newest one. Yeah, the minion cake. So little minion, but for the minions movie, um, there's Scarlet Overkill. So she has like a red dress, and so he he kind of like made a mashup of minion like plus her dress but also kind of her personality is like spiky and like <laughs> anyway so he's really creative but he's also done a beautiful um like cinderella cake and elsa and maleficent katniss wow. yeah these are um, really cool Belle. i'm looking at yeah. yeah his stuff right now even kim kardashian <laughs> inspired by the the uh that magazine oh. cover <laughs> like the champagne <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, oh, nice. so yeah, like so he's really clever. <laughs> so people can suggest to him anything, like it could be Superman or SpongeBob ah, or whatever. Request but he'll cake. get created, creative. He'll get creative and like, and do this and do oh, a video well, on it. Well, nice. So. Well, we should request one. What what should we, do? I know, we right? request? <laughs> What's a past episode that was really good? <laughs> well, <laughs> I was trying to think of something crazy, but I mean we. Our, uh, an upcoming episode would be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, Spoiler. yeah. But, like, what if he did... Turtle cake. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I we'll want pick a his favorite cake. Turtle. That's another upcoming episode. Yeah, Jem. <laughs> I think he will be doing one. I'm sure. Because he totally loves fashion. And so 
you can't really have. I mean, gem and fashion go ha- hand in hand. Please, when I so think so that's another spoiler. We will also be doing a gem episode, everybody. I yeah, get excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly outrageous. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited for that. But oh. anyway, so Koali Pops, K O A L I P O P S. Look him up and just have fun looking at his creations. He does, yeah, cakes, cookies, um, and chocolate dipped strawberries, cupcakes, like all kinds of stuff. So, very cool. That's well, thanks my for sharing. I hadn't heard of him, but I'm definitely someone. gonna follow him. Yeah. So, well, tell me about your. I want to food. tell you yeah. about Christine McConnell. What? Okay, I gotta look it up. Have you seen her stuff? <laughs> no. Is it with a? How do you spell it? With a K or a C? Here, I'll, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm. I'm sending you her Instagram. Um, I've been following her for a while. She posts infrequently, but when she does, it's amazing. <laughs> she is a photographer. She's a model, and she's also a baker. And she makes these like amazing cakes, and then does like full photo shoots with them. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm looking at her Instagram. So, her Mogwai and Gremlin. This last week, she posted a series. She made these, like, gremlin cakes. Yeah, oh my gosh! (laughs) And they're so cute. Like, yeah, and, um... Mogwai! And creepy. (laughs) Yeah, she made, like, a wheatgrass walnut um, carrot cake for for the gremlin and a turtle pecan cake for Gizmo, and they're so cute. And then she did this, like, whole photo shoot where they're, like, attacking her in her kitchen. Oh no, put them in the blender! Yeah, and her stuff, like, I mean, she, she's she got this, like, kind of 50s housewife retro yeah, vibe going style. on, but with, like, a really dark twist, you know, so I, I really love her stuff. Okay, I clicked follow. This is awesome. Yeah, she's fantastic, and especially around Halloween, she starts getting really active, so, and posting really cool stuff, so I love her. <laughs> I love, yeah, it's kind of this idea of, like, cosplay cooking, but yeah, because it, it cosplay is co- yeah costuming, and it's like yeah when you do fandom food or fiction food, it's kind of like you're cosplaying your food, but also she's actually doing like yeah, yeah like photo she's shoots dressed and, up like, in this cute scenes. little you know poofy skirt outfit and her kitchen's adorable yeah, yeah but then she'll have like this like knife or something really weird yeah on the side. oh my gosh yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love stuff that's, like, really wholesome and sweet on the surface, and it's, like, really dark and twisted underneath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. well, it's like when we talk Twin Peaks and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> like that kind of, yeah. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Oh, nice. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Because <laughs> I have a list, a links list on my food, on my fiction food blog where I, like, because I love this community. I, I'm always so excited when I find I know, someone so else many, who like, does cool this. So I'm going to add her. Yeah. All right. Nice. Okay, that's well, the end of that segment that we will <laughs> now be doing. So hopefully you guys will get discover some awesome... And we'll also... It might not always be people, but it might be, like, interesting products or something, too. But Yeah, exactly. Just, like, something, something interesting we saw. Yeah, yeah, related to fiction food and stuff. Exactly. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into our episode. Yeah. So we're talking about Chocolat, which is a novel uh, by Joanne Harris, but I think a lot of people might be familiar with it um, from the movie because it won a lot of awards. Um, Juliet Binoche. I want to say Brioche because that's (laughs) in the cookbook. Um, That's her fiction name. Yeah. Joanne Harris's daughter called her 
um, Juliette Brioche. Because <laughs> the, the actress stayed at, their, at um, Joanne Harris's house. Oh, wow. Um, and then she... <laughs> and so in the chocolate cookbook, the little book of chocolate, um, there is a recipe for brioche. But it's called Julia Brioche. Oh, <laughs> so it. but it's Julia Brioche, and then Johnny Depp was in it. Um, Judy Dench. Judy Dench. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it's a pretty good movie. Um, but so we've the, read the book, and well, I've yes. Read, so I've I, read I, half the book, and we've seen the movie. So it's hard <laughs> for us not to compare. The two. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, we'll get into all that. We're we're gonna give a quick synopsis. So, yeah. and also spoiler alert if you haven't seen the 2000 spoiler. movie. <laughs> yeah, or, it was, or was it a 2000 movie? Yeah. Yeah. 2000. Um, yeah. And the book was what? No, 1999. Know. So I think the, yeah, the movie yeah. was um, written. I mean, the movie was made like pretty shortly after the book. On the coat was tales. Published. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's about a small town in France. That is very traditional, very buttoned up, and then this just very colorful, interesting woman blows into town with her six-year-old daughter and opens a chocolate shop during Lent and kind of shakes the town up a little bit. So that's, yeah, that's the kind of the premise of it um, for both the, the book and the movie. There's a bunch of differences, but like, you know, a bunch of the themes are, are, are pretty much the same. Um, so what, what was your impression? Like when, and you ha- said you haven't finished the book yet. Um, yeah, like, you I, know, like what, yeah. And I also, <laughs> I, I also, I saw the movie like around the time it came out and then, um, I watched it again for this and then yeah. I just read the book. And so I have the, I have so many things to say. I'm like gushing over this book. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So okay, I, so what do you think about it? So it's just like yeah, like I read I watched the movie a long time ago and then I watched it again. It's on Netflix currently. Um, and then I I'm like oh it's like it doesn't it's not a very intimidating size of a book at all. And so I'm like oh I'm just gonna like breeze through this because like I read another book recently that was bigger than this and I just like read it in a few hours. But oh my gosh! So yeah, so I confessed that I hadn't finished reading the book um, <laughs> because I I this. <laughs> This is a book, really, that I should have just been highlighting, like, in the book, because I scribbled, here's some notes, like, I was just scribbling notes down as I was reading it, like, my thoughts, questions, yes. writing down the foods, and... It's just oh so my gosh. dense with, like, interesting things. Yeah, like, yeah, the, it, the food parallel, we're talking about food here, so, like, the par- this book definitely can be... <laughs> compared to food like <laughs> like I was saying before like I, I wanted to like oh crap like I looked at the time and I was like oh I need to just like skim skim through the rest of it but I couldn't I tried to but it's like yeah I didn't want to just gobble it up or just like <laughs> you know I wanted to actually taste it and savor it yeah. so even though I tried to skim I couldn't it's like my eyes just hung on the words and I see I, I was the to... opposite I greedily gobbled up but you this still enjoyed it book. no I loved it I gorged on it yeah <laughs> like, I yeah I, I kind of was the same as you like I was blowing through it because I loved it so much um but, like, I did feel like, oh, my God, I should be writing this down so we can talk about it later. And, you know, I feel like I'm missing things because I'm, I'm going through so quickly. But, um, yeah, like, I, I reacted differently 
or I acted differently to it, but yeah, I think we both had the, you know, similar impressions that, like, you know, this is a very interesting, cool book. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to admit that, like, I avoided it, actively avoided it for a long time, because I'm like, this is, I mean, it's chocolate, it's a very, you know, food-rich book, like, we know this going in, and so it's kind of required reading if you're going to do something like we're doing, you know, like a, a yeah. fiction food podcast, like, it's been on our list from the beginning, but, and I was like, okay, you know, this is just something that, it'll be enjoyable, but it, you know, whatever, like, I saw, I saw the movie, and I liked it fine, like, it's pleasant, it's good, there are things I really like about it, and other things not so much, I was not prepared for, like, how much I would love this book. Like, the story, I mean, it's basically the same, you know, apart from, like, little just differences in a lot of the details. But, like, the themes are the same, but the book is just so much, like, deeper and more uh, nuanced. Rich. And, like, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, so much more going on. And I, I really loved it. And, and like I said, I, I greedily gobbled up the whole thing, and I started on the, um, the sequel. <laughs> and I'm a couple yeah, chapters into that. Awesome. Yeah, that's the, the So it is part shoot. of a series, yeah. Yeah. So how many, so there are four I, books in the series? I don't know. I'm not sure. I know there's at least three, and I mean, maybe there's four, and I know there's, like, it, it's not so much a series, I think. Oh, like it's just, companion? like, as, like books in the same universe. Yeah. Or, I don't know. I mean, like, I think the three books definitely fo follow um, the characters of Vian and um, Anouk, her daughter. Because there's, um, there's Chocolat and then mm -hmm. Lollipop Shoes, which, which is, is also Shadow. The Girl with, the girl with yeah. No Shadow in the U.S. Yeah, and then um, Peaches for Monsieur Le Cure. But that also has an alternate name, Peaches for Father something, maybe. Um, but then uh, Blackberry Wine. Oh, you're right. That yep, one. There is another one. And then, oh, and then uh, the orange sec section, five sections of an orange or something. <laughs> Let me look. Oh, I'm happy there's so many books left. I know, right? I'm going to read all of them. <laughs> I know, I do. I, do I love them that. so much. Um yeah, and actually, I didn't know much about um, Joanne Harris either. Um, so it's it's been kind of interesting reading about her. Like she is half French, half British, mm -hmm. and um, you know, so she she's got um, a French background. I think she, she learned French before she learned English. So she's very ingrained in this nice. culture, and um, and she loves food just as much as we do. In fact, both of us acquired a cookbook in the course of. <laughs> you know, um, reading this and researching it, so, yeah, and she also, we have found, is, like, very active on social media, because, like, yeah. I've been following her on Twitter, I think you found her Tumblr, and she just seems, like, really cool and intelligent and opinionated, and, yeah. Yes. Yeah, very, and, and just reading her writing, like, it's just, her writing style is so clever and intuitive I think like just really like a lot of the things that she wrote you know about the characters and how they perceive things is like yeah I told like I feel that way sometimes too like it's one of those um, so I think she's very perceptive and mm -hmm. observant and yeah and very smart like yeah 
well, yeah, and like you said, like opinionated and <laughs> and yeah, socially aware and um, active with her readership and yes, and she yes. likes food, and, all these things. <laughs> yeah, she just seems like a very interesting person. And also, if you go to her website, um, to the section about uh, chocolate about the book, uh, it kind of gives some background. And and so it's kind of neat to see some of the things in her in her life in Joanne Harris's life that inspired the book and are, are in the book. Um, so basically, like her daughter is the inspiration for Anouk, which is the who is the daughter of the main character Vian, and also the imaginary rabbit <laughs> is in there. Yeah. Which in the in the movie they made it a kangaroo. I'm not really sure why, but <laughs> like I don't know why you wouldn't just use a rabbit. But um, yeah, and then she was, and then she was. Um, Joanne Harris actually grew up or was basically born in a sweet shop, <laughs> and so that was. So she is, has had like food and sweets and you know. So this all, is basically her type, autobiography. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And she also is magic. No, yeah, she's also a witch. <laughs> yeah. So that so that's part of the the allure of this book. Not only is it about chocolate, but also subtle magic. Yes. And chocolate like, and like subtle so, magic. So would, subtle it could be real. Like this is definitely yeah. like a, a magical realism book. But and, it blends together well. I mean, when you think of like those two things, chocolate and magic, like yeah, it just. <laughs> <laughs> it almost feels like it's always been like it always should have been connected, right? Like, right? Like it, it goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was one of the things I I really loved, especially in in the book, because like in in the movie, it's it's lightly touched upon. You know, like she, you know, there there is some magic. Like she she hangs a charm in the door of the shop, and she's able to like intuitively guess everyone's favorites. Um, and, and, you know, a couple more things, like she's got some aphrodisiac chocolates and some stuff like that, which is kind of cute. But in the book, she is a straight-up witch, <laughs> yeah. which I love. Like, as a witchcraft enthusiast, I really appreciated mm-hmm. this. Like, it, um, like the, it's very, like, classic and authentic witchcraft, the stuff we see mm-hmm. here. Like, the, there's a house blessing. We get herbal charms, we get glamours, we get candle magic, circle casting, um, symbol drawing, she reads tarot cards, um, you mentioned, like, the forked finger, um, yeah, um, hand hand sign, and, like, one of the coolest things is, um, when she's tempering chocolate, she uses it for scrying, like, she scries right in the chocolate. But how cool, like, scrying, like, you could, um... You know, it's usually like with water in a bowl or something. Yeah, or like a but mirror like, or something like that. The idea yeah. is like liquid. Well, how about melted chocolate? Yeah, it's like perfect. How, yeah, that's just really cool. It was like, so it's great. Her, it's like yeah, these um, common magics or like that you could read about other places, but it's like with a a chocolate spin to it or like a spin on it for this world that she's created. Yeah. And, and it's, it's woven in very being, organically. Yeah. Like, it never feels like... Yeah, organic. I like that term yeah, like, for this. That's good. Like, okay, we're going to do witchcraft now. No, it's just, like, kind of 
part of her life and just natural stuff she does and stuff her daughter does too like her her daughter mm-hmm. very naturally just kind of incorporates it into her life yeah yeah and another um i'm i'm looking again at this um like the inspirations for the book uh it takes place around easter time or like leading up to easter uh and that's something especially on uh joanne harris's french side uh family side that that's kind of what inspired the story to be said at this time is that she was planning the story around the Easter holidays. Um, and then she had all these memories and associations of Easter, um, especially like French associations, like about the carnivals and, um, egg hunts in the garden and the, and the story about the flying bells, which is, is in the book, um, like a, kind of like a folk tale. Yeah. So Um, tell that story. I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with this, um, this story. Yeah, so so it's kind of like, well, where does, on Easter Day, like, where does all this Easter candy come from? Like, the chocolate eggs and chocolate bunnies and all of that. And so the the story behind that is that the, the bells, the church bells, uh, they're, they're, like, silent the day before Easter. It's because they have all detached and flown to the Pope, and then the Pope showers blessings into the bells and then the bells fly back to the towns and they're so happy uh, that they like they peel and they peel like ring <laughs> 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 um, and all of the blessings they turn into chocolate and they just kind of spew out and the children uh, before the, the chocolate rain <laughs> they have built these nests and then the chocolate like lands in the nests safely, and then the kids can have their. I didn't tell the story very well, but <laughs> but basically, yes. So like church bells get filled with blessings that turn to chocolates, and then they are sp- sprinkled to all the kids. <laughs> so it's kind of nice. cool. It's so like that's the, a the French Easter bunny. <laughs> yeah, really so that's cook. a story yeah. from her childhood, and then it, it's also the main character also tells that story in the book, and and I, it's like the last line of the of the story that Vienne tells says, um, or actually it's she's telling the children, and then the children make these uh, posters to um, advertise a chocolate Easter festival. And they've they've made pictures of bells and like tape the uh, pasted them onto the posters and it says the the bells are smiling, and as I was reading that I smiled too. Yeah. So it's like just imagining it like little kids hearing the story and just thinking you know thinking it's so magical and being inspired by it and then they create this work of art you know. Yeah. <laughs> With these and the bells are, you know, are made to smile <laughs> like. <laughs> Let alone they have wings and can fly, but like they also have faces now and can smile. Yes. Yeah, because the kids are happy. And as I was reading it, I felt happy too. Like, it's just I know it's just so sweet and, and pure. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. And that's something that I yeah. As, as I've been reading the book, I, I have had uh, many of those reactions, like where where I will I'll have an emotional reaction, and I I think that's part of that's just so beautiful about this book. I mean, a lot of books you just kind of blow through and. I mean, you might feel a little something, but 
like this book, there are several instances where I was like almost to tears or like, yeah, I just feel a connection to the characters and um, to the, and the scenes are just written so well mm-hmm. that, yeah, like I'll find myself smiling or like almost crying or, I know. You know. That, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> how I felt. Like there, there's one just like small part where I think like Anouk, the six-year-old daughter, she's playing with the kids like by the river and um she just is like running around playing and then all of her all of a sudden she like turns around and just screams to her mom i love you and then she just keeps playing and i'm like that is just i mean that's perfect you know that's how kids are they just are overcome with emotion and you know just enjoyment and they don't need to like make a whole big deal about it like just yeah they just just scream i love you and then get back to what i'm doing Yeah, yeah exactly and i mean that just i mean it seems so perfect and you know I know I talk about my daughter a lot on this podcast, but like she's the same age as Anouk, and so yeah. I saw, of course, a lot of a lot of her in her. And um, yeah, six-year-old girls are great. <laughs> well, there's. I mean, the world's an adventure for them, you know. Yeah. So. I know. I was telling my daughter today, like that. I was like, "You're magic." Did you know that? Like <laughs> the children. I was just thinking of that. Like when I was a child, and then uh, when I interact with children now. Like there's, they're magic basically. I mean, they the just what you were describing, like that. Not, I mean, I think we overuse the term innocence when we're talking about kids, but like, what does that really mean? Like the the pureness of them, of their emotions and their expression, and mm-hmm. just they just they just are, and it's like awesome. Yeah, they, they don't live in the cloud moment. Their mind they're not with, worried about like all yeah. this other. Yeah. Crap, you know, they're discovering the world, they're not totally jaded by it yet. You yeah, know? Things, so, yeah, they have just... wonder and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, and there's a that made me think of, um, well, one of the themes in the book is like the mother child relationship. And in the book, um, Vienne, she, she says she has a sudden stabbing sweetness of love for her, for Aww. a nook, taking me off guard as it always does. But I, that just, yeah, as a mom. I know that feeling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A sudden stabbing sweetness of love. Like, isn't that just perfect? Mm-hmm. Like, it just hits the nail <laughs> on the head. And, and you know, and, and Joanne Harris is a mother, too. So it's like mm-hmm. she's speaking to all mothers there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, why don't we talk about, um, yeah, like, the theme of motherhood in this book? Because, yeah, that's a huge theme. And it also, I mean, it's also a big theme in the movie, too. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not always sweet and wonderful, you know? Like, yeah. um, Vian has such a love for Anouk, but she has such a fear of losing her. And um, <laughs> that's the whole reason she settles down in this town. Like, you know, she's, she's a traveler, and she has got, like, the wonderlust in her, and she... You know, the, every time the wind blows, she has to leave. But Anouk really wants to stay. Um, so she kind of forces herself to stay in this place. And she's like, if I can't make it work this time, you know, my daughter's growing further and further away from me. And um, she also had a very, I mean, good, close, but troubled relationship with her mother, too. And that, that shows up a lot. Like, she she has a lot of um, memories of her mother in the book. Yeah. So that they kind of show up and kind of haunt her almost. Yeah. So Vienne yeah. and her mother, they were always traveling. Um, just you know, similar to a Vienne and a Nook. Uh, you know, they're 
lifestyle, but we learned that Vienne's mom was afraid often, and she learns later that um, her mother had cancer, um, but also that her mother was afraid that Vienne would be taken away from her um, because of a meeting with a priest, um, but also that there was thiever, a lot of thievery and like manipulation of people and things like that, and that's something that didn't carry over to Vienne's character. So, so even though yeah, Vienne and, and actually, her mother and Vienne and Anouk they have si- kind of similar journeys, but they but it's not illegal. <laughs> Vienne and Anouk's um, journeying is not illegal, <laughs> I don't think. But whereas Vienne and her mother's travels, a lot of illegal things happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I mean she she's very different from her mother in a lot of yeah. ways. You know, like her mother was very into magic and like kind of lived her life like that whereas I think Vian kind of it, it flavors her life but it doesn't overtake it um, yeah because she didn't want to use it to manipulate people or yeah anything. exactly yeah. like she kind of like I mean she uses it but she doesn't kind of pry into people's lives with it yeah um she has the fascination with food which her mother does not Mm-hmm. And do you want a major spoiler or not? Because <laughs> I know you didn't finish the book. <laughs> well, well, I'll just add. Um, so from the parts that I read, I thought it was interesting uh, when we're learning more about Vienne and her childhood. She, mm-hmm. yeah, she says that basically how how she like kept track of where they had been and where they were going was via food, like food landmarks oh, basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and she learned different styles of cooking and, and she collected menus um, from restaurants. Yeah. So that I thought that was really cool. That yeah, her she, she pretty much has like her whole life she she has like viewed it through the lens of food in some way. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and that's different for her, you know, her mom didn't her mother have didn't that same interest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, so you can say what you were going to say. (laughs) Okay, I know, I'm like, ah, I almost don't want to, because it's kind of like, I mean, it it doesn't take up a huge part of the book, but it's very chilling, like, when she realizes, um, like, her her mother is very scared, and, like, they move so often, it's almost like they're running from someone, you know? Yeah. Um, And then she finds at some point that her mother has all these, like, newspaper clippings from wherever they've been, and, you know, there's a, a lot about about this one little girl that was missing, you know, around the time that she was born. Um, uh, so her mother basically, like, snatched her from this family, so... As, you know, <laughs> rom people are <laughs> often rumored to do. Um, yeah, so it, it's kind of very chilling when she finds that out. So I didn't know about the child-stealing yeah. part. What? <laughs> It was very, and I think she describes it as like when it when she realized it, it was just like a chilling a chilling feeling, you know. And that's how I yeah. felt reading it too, because like she she the whole book she's you know talking about it like you know her mother this, her mother that. Yeah. And even after that, she still talks about her as her mother, because I mean that's the only mother she ever knew. Yeah. So I wonder if that means, or if that could be a uh, telling that magic is more nurture 
rather than nature. Because I assumed that Vian had magic because her mother had magic, and Anouk has magic because Vian. Yeah, you know, it's, that it's it was like bloodline. a bloodline type thing. I don't. But, I don't think so. I think you yeah, know, it must be learned then. Yeah. Yeah. Just ev- and and that's another thing. Like, there's a lot of like you know books about like witches, and they come from this like special line of people, and I I feel like that's not the case in this book. I feel like anyone can be magical if they just kind of tune into that part of themselves you yeah know? it and seems like, kind of like an openness yeah like exactly like there's there's openness, and there's yeah. certain people that in this book like certain characters that are more open to it than others like armand i feel yeah, like Mary, you know has some i feel that. like her grandson too could, exactly yeah, yeah. like the, these type characters have more of this like magic in them and then there's people like renaud the um the the priest who's very shut off to this type of thing and Blake, he yeah. he doesn't he's not open to himself at all he's very closed off and he has issues from i mean his whole issues in life are from things that happened in the past that he hasn't dealt with and so he's pushing it down pushing it down and yeah. you know i feel like he doesn't have any of this magic in him because he's just denying the whole worldly side of himself yeah everything just denying <laughs> everything <laughs> Denied. Stamped. Yes. So. That's his. <laughs> yeah, so the so the mother child um theme is very strong yeah, very in this strong. book with um with Vian, her mother and also her daughter, and then Armand, who we've mentioned, and her daughter, Caroline, and then Caroline, Caroline and her son, which I forget his name. Luke. But <laughs> Luke, yes. is that his name? Yeah. Yes. So, yes, so, Armand is this, like, kind of gruff old lady who's Judy Dench in the movie, which is great. Um, yeah, and she, she becomes friends with Vian, but her daughter, Caroline, is, like, kind of, like, silly, flighty, and she's kind of one of the priest groupies, you know, like, she... she... Yeah, exactly, the, <laughs> the priest groupies is a good way. So, Renaud, yeah, Renaud's... Yeah, there's, there's, there's several, like, well-dressed, uppity, ladies, yeah. you know, whatever, women in town... Do who, whatever he says, yeah. Yeah, who, like, you know, are always in church and always look down upon... Um, Vian and her little group of riffraff, basically. <laughs> yeah. She kind of befriends, like, the people on, that don't quite fit into this uptight society. Yeah, uh, v- Vian does, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you know, Vian's group is, like, Armand, um, Josephine, who is very withdrawn and, you know, kleptomaniac. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Guillaume, who, the old man who can't let go of his poor little dog. Um, yeah. Yeah, and these, ty- these type characters. And then there's, you know, like, Caroline and all her little... I mean, like, there's some other women friends who aren't, like, really major characters, but they're just basically the, the mean girls uh, of the small yeah, French... Yeah, the clique. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Of this yeah. small French town. Yeah. yeah, and so, yeah, Caroline, she has forbidden her son to have anything to do with Armand, uh, his his grandmother, because just because, like, she doesn't agree with... Well, she thinks Armand would be a bad influence, because Armand is kind of a witch. <laughs> and <laughs> Vianne is like, ah, oh, that word again. <laughs> but, but, I mean... But, that, whatever, but Vianne, says you're it, a witch. Yeah. <laughs> a magic... A person. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, not that it's out in the open, So, but, but Caroline just knows that Armand has a different way of thinking and being, that she doesn't right. want her, her son to be <clears throat> influenced. And, yeah. But also, Armand... Um, 
is diabetic and she is, you know, she has changed her eating lifestyle, but she, but she doesn't want to go to a nursing home or like have doctors at her all the time and which her daughter, um, Caroline doesn't agree with. And so anyway, but yeah, it's so sad that she, you know, doesn't want her grandson to spend time with her, but then they do spend time together eventually and and those scenes where i thought those were really special too mm-hmm. um i i love one in particular it's like um armand came into the shop the chocolate shop and because she um her grandson was supposed to meet her there like and that would be kind of like their first meeting for years um but she w- she she like wanted to get up on the bar stool instead of sitting in the you know the lower chair because she's what like in her eighties or something. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and then like you could tell that she was just like feeling really good and like really looking forward to seeing her grandson. Finally. Yeah, she comes and she in even dressed wore, like, nicer than normal. Fancy yeah. a fancy slip. Under yes. her black dress, like she likes red underwear under her lady clothes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. so she's kind of cheeky and stuff. But you could just yeah. tell that those were like that was just showing that she was feeling happy about the idea of seeing her grandson. Mm-hmm. And I love that there's so much showing versus telling in this book. Like if you if you kind of like you read some sentences. And then you can look back on them after something happens and realize that it was kind of foreshadowing or just kind of connected to, you know, the scene that you just read, like, if that makes sense. But anyway, I feel like, I f- yeah, the, the choice, the word choice and the, and everything is just so deliberate in this book that it's, it's kind of neat when you catch on to some of the, the, um, unsaid things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so that I thought that was a really special scene and that, yeah. like, you know, I, that, that, nice. that moved me. <laughs> but, yeah. So other themes, um, so religion is a huge thing in the book. Um, like we mentioned, it's like the time leading up to Easter. Mm-hmm. And so it's Lent, which is a fasting time. Yes. And so that's the, that's kind of the really the setting of the book is that it's this this time of fasting in this very religious little town and then here comes <laughs> this like art was it chocolaterie artisanal like this artisanal chocolate shop <laughs> yeah so no one that eats chocolate during Lent or they're not supposed to yeah and like the the priest comes to welcome her to town and and like oh well, i guess we'll see you in church on sunday she's like no we don't go <laughs> scandalous yeah, he's like what? yeah so and she's very matter of fact about it like she yeah yeah she's very respectful and tolerant Whereas he is driven mad by her. <laughs> yeah, he becomes so obsessed. Yes, like she does not even care about him. Like she doesn't understand why he doesn't like her, but whatever. She's well, she like... does like accept the challenge, kind of like you know that because she realizes that he is very oh, yeah. judgmental well, and all. So yeah, I she guess kind I of... shouldn't say that because he does. She does kind of see him as the black man, so she is yeah. kind of a little bit preoccupied with him. But I mean, I guess not as out. But he goes not as outwardly because yeah, he's kind he's... of crazy <laughs> with, with her. Yeah, yeah, he's like he what? like becomes obsessed and stuff. The nerve of her, you know, and it's not. It's, yeah. it's beyond that, you know. Like he. 
as I mentioned earlier, you know, like he has kind of a checkered past. So I feel like he's dealing with mm-hmm. issues within himself that he just cannot function with. So he's directing it outwardly. Yeah, or it's something that he should be dealing with, but he, yeah, he's like bottling it up, and so yeah. it's seeping out in his mind. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he's because he he's very austere. Like, and and as Lent goes on, you know, like he starts off just you know, um, I guess fasting normally, which yeah. you know, I guess during Lent is like not eating meat and not eating chocolate, of course. Um, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, he starves himself more and more as the month goes on. Um, like denies himself more and more, and then he has like s- such a guilt of things that have happened in the past and I feel Mm -hmm. like um and and there's a lot about like confessional you know he's taking confession from other people and kind of like taking their their sins upon him and and I feel like this is a huge thing in Catholicism um like and I mean tell me if this is true because you you grew up Catholic right um, yeah, loosely. So, well, loosely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I grew up Episcopalian, which I, I was saying is, like, Catholic light, so I kind of feel, like, a, a little bit like this, too, although we didn't have, like, confession or anything. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's kind of, like, thought about Catholics that they have, like, a huge guilt in their life, and, like, every little thing you enjoy in life you need to feel guilty about, and, like, everything you... I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, yeah, and I don't want to generalize, because, like, cause, like I, I feel like there's a lot of beautiful things about Catholicism, but then other, I think, I, but I, think I think you're the, right, there's the, that the priest, the priest is taking, like, mm-hmm. all the bad parts of religion, because there's some very good, nice, you know, beautiful, peaceful things about religion, but he is doing it wrong. <laughs> like, he's just yeah, taking, so like, this, the worst yeah, this parts of religion. Yeah, this guy is, like, and, an extremist. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. So and that and that's yeah. making it very obvious. Like so, this book, whereas in other um, types of media, like books and movies and TV shows, and we mentioned like with Orphan Black, like sometimes religion is depicted just as this like crazy, zealous, bad organization. Mm-hmm. But in this book, it's not that way. It's very clear that it's that it is this man yes. himself because of his past, like you said, and the things that he needs to deal with. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of... Because most of the town totally is, like, you know... morphing, yeah. The town's very religious, and most people are, like, reasonable churchgoers, you know? <laughs> they, yeah. like, they go on Sunday, and they live nor- normal lives. But he, yeah, he's, like, very much tormented War- by... Warped, kind of, yeah. 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 Um... And actually, in the movie... They made this character the mayor, <laughs> yeah. like which yeah, so makes no freaking so sense. Different. Like, I guess they were just like worried about like shitting on religion or something. <laughs> so basically, I don't know. Like he's yeah. he's the mayor, but he's kind of like feeding the sermons into the priest. Or whatever. that really frustrated me in the movie. It's like I mean they they made the the priest like a this, very like, young and that he was new to the town this like young and he, he likes elvis <laughs> like you know he's just like a very cute innocent well-meaning yeah. and he allowed he like didn't stand up for himself yeah, i mean he did he, kind of at the young end but like yeah yeah and then the the mayor who is has taken up the I mean, who's supposed to be the character of Renaud, or the priest in the book. Anyway, but yeah, he's, yeah, like you said, feeding him. So, but he's, like, telling the priest what to say and stuff. And that just yeah. increasingly got me so frustrated. It's like, 
dude, you like talk about being so religious and yet you th- like you don't believe that your priest is inspired by God. <laughs> yeah, like, to say and his like own nothing words. about him was like religious <laughs> except for the fact that he said he was. Like I okay, yeah. Of the movie, there are things that I liked, but this this character made no sense. Like in in, yes. in the book, like it was like a very interesting like nuanced view that kind of like shed some light on the darker side of religion and just of human mm-hmm. nature in general and like, yeah, like the opposite in the, in the movie yeah. yeah in the movie it just made no sense like first, it's just silly and lighthearted. and yeah he had like a weird I backstory mean. which didn't make sense um why would the mayor care so much and he was like entirely too confident whereas like in in the book he's like a very like insecure even outwardly like shady person yeah yeah and in fact um you know i knew johnny depp was in the movie as rue like i saw this movie when it came out but like that and he was irish instead of so dumb (laughs) in the movie he was irish but in the book he's what from marseille or something yeah yeah like a a, like a french (laughs) yeah another french (laughs) yeah uh but yeah so it in the movie um sorry i lost my train of thought um Oh, you're talking oh, about, yes, Johnny, about Johnny Depp's Depp. character. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I, I, I knew he was in the movie as Rue, but like as I was reading this, I thought he would make such a fantastic priest because, <laughs> like, back in 2000, <laughs> like you know he was still doing all these like heartthrob roles, but like since mm-hmm. then he's done all these like weird, creepy Tim Burtony type <laughs> roles. <Yeah. laughs> so I thought he would make like such a good priest. Um, yeah, to see him obsess over Vienna. Yeah. Like, if it was done, if the movie was, was done, done like the book. More like the person, book. Yeah. yeah. And there, I mean, and I, I don't like to go into things like, oh my gosh, this was different from the book, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, there were a ton of details they changed that I had no problem with. Yeah, but this, this was my major, this was obvious, my major problem. Yeah. Like, this character made no sense, you know. So, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I'm not like, sure why they would have changed. Like, a, I would be curious to. If there's something written about why that choice was made, I would be curious to. I think it was probably they they were kind of scared to like um to yeah make yeah to to say something bad about religion because like at the end like the the priest says something very nice about like you know um you know I I don't know just like with a very generic speech about like good people and bad people and you know just being a good person <laughs> whatever like he does yeah. have like a kind of a nice speech at the end and and in the um, movie you mean or yeah in, in the, the movie yeah yeah so i think you know they weren't and i and i don't feel like the book is like saying terrible things about religion i'm just yeah i, I don't I think, feel that way because yeah. i mean like vienne says at one point um like she's not an atheist like they in, in the movie they they rumor her to be um, yeah, one of the kids says, like, what's an atheist? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, um, but in in the book, like, she, she says something about, like, you know, I don't see why we can't ha- both have access to divinity, you know, like, why, you know. Uh, one of the things that frustrates me so much about, like, organized religion is is people that are, like, our way is the only way and everyone else is doing yeah, it wrong. Yeah, it's you intolerance. Know? Yeah. Exactly, which, yeah. So, which is a theme in this story. Yes, yeah. a huge theme. Because, like, he just can't stand that she's different than him and doesn't believe the same way he does. You know, yeah. whereas, like, who cares, you know? I mean, if, if you're not bothering them, it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. 
And that's like so. something that I, I mentioned before we started recording was like it reminded me of like in the scriptures, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and um, you know that people it's the letter of the law as opposed to the spirit of the law Mm -hmm. so like again fasting in this book is a huge thing and like so Renaud the priest he like you said he starts out with normal fasting uh, but then he just kind of gets deeper and deeper in his own problems but he relates it all to religion Mm -hmm. because he's a priest and like and so and like so he keeps um eating less and less yeah like the and more like, so being extreme yeah the but, more but, upset like, he is the more using religion for that the more outwardly he starts like yeah you know torturing himself i guess yeah <laughs> so. and then he's completely like judging other people it's it's like he's um because because he has such a a terrible past like um guilt but he's not dealing with it health in a healthy way and so he's like transferring that judgment that he should be giving himself i mean that reflection and that um he should be looking at himself but he doesn't want to and Mm -hmm. so he he's just pushing that on the worst in everybody and yeah yeah he really sees the worst yeah yeah so it's all that judgment and but he's like but i am i'm a martyr i am a i'm sacrificing so much and, yeah, look what but I it's the letter day. of the law and a twisted law like but not the spirit he's totally forgetting that yeah right like the point of fasting mm-hmm. exactly the yeah so so i think yeah it's it is really interesting like so you can read this you don't have to be a religious person to read this um but if you are a religious person, it's not offensive. Like yeah, like I don't think it's, it's saying... a very interesting, uh, like comment. Is that what <laughs> comment on? Yeah, commentary being overzealous on... and yeah, you know, and also yeah, like we said, tolerance Intolerant. and yeah, because fasting, like the point of it is, is to draw you closer to the spirit, like to make you more spiritually in tune, mm-hmm. but also. Um, to like exercise, ex- help you exercise self control. Um, you know that if you do have any um, habits that are bad, or you know something that you can kind of work your way to, um, you know, getting rid of those habits, or you know, so it's, but it's not, yeah, like it's not, yeah, <laughs> like you were saying, kind of. There's sometimes there seems that there's an undercurrent, especially in like ancient or maybe not ancient is the right word, like older Catholicism practices that it's, yeah, like human, being human is such a terrible thing. Like we have to (laughs) feel guilty for everything, like for original sin and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, but it's not like, I feel like that's the comparison with Vian and her outlook. And then, um, Renaud and his kind of extremism. It's like, everybody just calm down <laughs> like it's not like us versus them or whatever it's it's yeah it's tolerance and like just being human like you don't <laughs> it's like yeah acceptance of yourself and of others i feel like that's kind of the core of this story in a way is yeah is acceptance yeah not everybody accepting yourself 
to live the same way. And it doesn't have yeah. to infuriate you when you see people living differently than you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I guess that, like, yeah, so that theme, it's very, you know, good for this time in our in America's history, too, right? Like, <laughs> like just, yes. I do, I feel like that. It's like, okay, everybody just calm down. And right. We're all people. We're all on the same earth, like, going through life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I get it. I mean, like, you know, I feel like everybody kind of goes through certain phases. You know, like, I don't know. I went through my angry atheist phase. I was like, how can people believe this and live like this and whatever? Yeah. But, you know, and, and some people never get past that point, you know? And mm-hmm. now I feel like it's it's much more. I mean, who cares what you believe? It's much more. Like, we waste so much energy. Um, how you are, <laughs> how you behave, and what you things. do in the real world. You know, like how you yeah. act towards other people and how you treat people, and you know what you do with your life. Basically, is so much more important than what you believe. Because I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I mean that that can. I mean that could definitely affect your your life and your outlook. Outlook, but I feel like it's not as important as, you know, just the way you live your life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, your actions <laughs> and how you treat others is definitely... Yeah. Um, so I wrote, the- it, I wrote in my notes, Vianne has a coexist bumper sticker on her Vespa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. So- <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting. So the setting... So this is kind of... I think it's like 1995, but I, I forget that because... Yes. It seems so old worldy, kind of. Yeah, I think but, like like the the small town is like almost bits, like timeless. But... You know, it's like yeah. stuck in time almost. I think once or twice she mentioned like somebody was wearing jeans, and I'm like, whoa, that feels kind of out of place. You know, <laughs> know right? but like yeah. other other than that, like there's and, there's and, like, nothing there's nothing to tell that this is like present day to you. Yeah, yeah. and I think so the, that's the movie actually does take place in the fifties. It, it says mm-hmm. it does, but like yeah, the the book takes takes place present day but it doesn't really matter (laughs) it feels like the 50s um i think that kind of feeds into something um that you mentioned um was kind of like people in their places not just religiously but like also um just like their their place in life i think they say at the beginning of the of the book um you know as long as you kind of man i'm like misquoting this do you know what I'm talking about? Like, what, what they say at the beginning? Do you mean what Josephine says? Yeah. Oh, no, I know what Josephine says, but oh. I think they say something else. Like, as long as you kind of, like, know your place and sh- yeah, that's show definitely up and a do theme your thing. Yeah, and then the Josephine the also movie. says, like, yeah. you know, as long as you, like, make your husband dinner every night and have children, like, nobody will talk about yeah, you. Yeah, or, or, this or, and that. Yeah, and that's really sad. Like, the, the priest, Renaud... In the very beginning, it says he he knows that uh, Muscat, this man, uh, is beating his wife. Like he knows it. Well, because like people confess to him, I guess. But like, yeah. there's no intervention or anything. I kind of looks the other way. He as doesn't long as it's treat not on the surface that many then. differently. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really sad. Yeah. And then Joseph. Yeah, Josephine. That was when I've. So, yeah, so I had watched the the movie recently, and then I started reading the book, and um, so I don't know if I kind of, I mean, so I had s- some of her personality from the movie in my mind as I was reading, or maybe you know, the visual, but when I read her introduction in the book, 
Like, I almost, that was a part that almost brought me to tears just because I, like, like I could feel kind of like the tugging at the bridge of my nose and like at the top of my chest, like that kind of, like, yeah, she, just the, the way that she is described and her mannerisms and like the rawness of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, is, she, she, like a couple times she says that like she, she stands with like her thumbs dug into her stomach, you know? Yeah, her she's hands just, clenched. She's just and, like yeah. so nervously in... And her head you know, down, like she's walking through a blizzard. Fidgeting with like, herself, yeah. Same. Yeah. Like fragile and raw, but also that... She, and she shows this fierceness every once in a while. Like, it'll just kind of burst out. Because Van kind of has that effect on people to that they will reveal themselves, kind of. Right. Uh, especially over hot chocolate. So, I know. Uh, I did notice that, like, every I time... I think that's one of the magics is, like... Everybody, <laughs> like, comes into her, her, like... Her chocolate shop's almost like a cafe. Like, people come in and just have mm-hmm. chocolate and stuff. But, like, the first time they meet her, they, like, spill their life story. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> so, but that didn't feel like... That would have felt weird in another book, but because she does have this, like, intuitive witchiness about her, like, it, it felt natural because it kind of felt mm-hmm. like it was it was magical that she was pulling, pulling these things out of people that they would never reveal to anybody, yeah. anybody else. Yeah. And that's a difference also that is expressed in the book, like, that her mom, you know, like, she was saying that her mom would, like, use use her influence on people to, like, get out of tickets or not get mm. arrested and stuff, and Van was like, I'm not gonna, I don't want to do that to people, like, be that invasive in their mind and control right. them, but, but she, she wants to fulfill wishes, and she wants to help people, and so she's very genuine, and I think that's a magic in and of itself, that mm-hmm. she really has that desire to to help people Mm -hmm. but then also she has the subtle magics that you know in her hot chocolate and you know all that yes (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i think that's really i really i really like that yeah but yeah josephine so in the movie josephine like leaves muscat finally and helps out at the chocolate shop does that happen in the book yes it does that part yet. Okay, yeah, she basically look forward leaves to him. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Okay, yeah, I don't know how far you got, but yeah, that that happens pretty much the same. Okay, in the book, because I I I really I liked that in the movie, and I can only imagine how much more awesome in the book. It's it's kind of interesting because it ties it. It, it ties in a little bit better in the book with some of Vian's own struggles. Um, because, like, when Josephine leaves Muscat, like, she shows up at, um, Vian's door and is like, I left him, I'm leaving town, you know, I'm packing up and blah, blah, blah. Um, and Vian's like, no, you have to stay here and you have to fight, you know, you can't just, like, blow off every time something goes wrong, which is actually kind of her... Her, yeah. ...externalizing her own, um, you know, I guess we were talking just about how much, like, Renold has, um you know, taking his issues and put them on other people. That was kind of Vian taking her issues and putting it on someone else. Um, mm-hmm. Like, telling her, you just can't run from everything, even though that's exactly what she does. So, um, you kind of tied in with that that theme, you know, not just, like, upping and nice. leaving every time there's, like, a there's a problem, or every time the wind changes, as it may be. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. But yeah, she she moves into the chocolate shop and starts helping her out. Mm, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that. So yeah, 
I'm looking forward to reading that. <laughs> about that, I like. Yeah, I like Josephine. Oh yeah, I like how she just kind of bursts out a little bit and like goes with like bad language, or, and then she's like, uh, but it's like she'll just kind of pop out of herself and then and then like reel her like quickly. It's just kind of like a turtle <laughs> in a way. Like she'll like pop her head out and then she's like, oh, I was like, whoops, then, I didn't mean to show that much. And then she'll get back in her like... shell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Well, I want her to just stay out of her shell, but like, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the way that it's written is, and she has like I think the best transformation of the book, you know, because she does mm-hmm. go from being this very, like, sheltered, um, unkempt, um, very scared person to, like, very vibrant and beautiful, you know, like, there's a couple times where, um, Vian's like, you know, well, she almost looks beautiful, and then, like, she starts wearing better clothes, yeah. and just, like, kind of walking straight, <laughs> you know, just, Feeling like, more presenting, yeah, exactly, like, presenting yeah. herself differently, and she does kind of become a different person by the end. Yeah, I I do like that too. That theme that oh, I guess we've kind of touched on it, but like like it's okay to be who you are. Like there will be people who judge you or who look down upon you or whatever, but like it, it's good to be who you are and not be ashamed of it. And to like you deserve to be happy and like Josephine, like you you don't deserve to stay with someone who beats you like you you can't you're a good person and you can get out of it and but also like Armand she's looked down upon by people and you know and but she's like kind of feisty yeah and, she has I mean she feels she's it she's like whatever yeah <laughs> she, she feels just like VN and you know they they feel that people don't like them or are judging them but they and they don't, it's not necessarily that they ignore it, they just don't let it make make them into anything other than who they are. Yeah. Like, so I, I really like that, that theme too. There's one, um, so Gwilami, I don't know, that, the old Guillaume. guy with the dog. Guillaume. <laughs> How do you say it? Guillaume. Guillaume, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, where he is, so he's worrying about his dog, um, because his dog is old and, and ill, um, but he's they've been companions for so long um and then Renaud the priest uh, you know says and and this is something that in Catholicism that it's that animals don't have souls um which yeah I yeah I don't believe that but anyway (laughs) so Vian doesn't believe that either and uh, (laughs) in his heart he doesn't believe it either but anyway so he's distraught about what to do with his dog and that you know that the priest is saying that the dog doesn't matter and doesn't have a soul um anyway so at one point this is being i put my arms around game for a second he tenses unused to female contact then he relaxes i can feel the strength of his distress coming from him in waves Vienne, he says softly Vienne, it's all right to feel this way i tell him firmly it's allowed so I Aww. like that. I I love that. Like there's this old man. He's worrying, and Van just she can't help herself because she really has a desire to help people and to connect with them. And so she just she has to hug him. Like she she wants to to help him, and um so she hugs him and it startles him. Yeah. But then he relaxes. People being that yeah. open. Yeah. And she. But I love it. It's all right to feel this way. It's allowed. Like. 
it's okay to be human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's why I, I love, that's one of the themes in this book that I totally love. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a good point. It's okay to be human. And that kind of ties back to the, like, it's okay to live your life and mm-hmm. celebrate it and be worldly. You know, and not deny yourself these things because they're of the world. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, like with fasting and all that and religion, that sometimes it's, yeah, that it's the denying of self. Mm -hmm. But really it should be the discovering of self. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could think of fasting as like an elimination diet. (laughs) (laughs) Really, I mean, or just religion in general. It's like... It's, like, to make bad men good and good men better or whatever. You know, like, that's the idea of it. I mean, it's it's, a, it's an ideology or a theology. And so, you know, that comes in many different forms. Not right. just, you know, Christian or whatever, but, like, a lifestyle. And, like, everyone should be working towards... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's meant to be, like, a guidance about how to be a good yeah. person. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like, I did go through an angry atheist phase where I was like, oh, religion's bad. Why are people doing this? It's just, like, controlling people. But I don't feel like that at all anymore. Like, I, I, I feel like it, it does give, like, your life such a richness, and there is, like, such a good in religion, and it's actually very beneficial to people's state of mind. And, mm-hmm. like, it, it does give your life meaning. And so, like, I've even started incorporating, like, quote, like, religious practices mm-hmm. into my own life, even though I'm not religious, because I can see the benefit in them, you know? Yeah. And so it was kind of weird, like, not weird, but, like, kind of coincidental. Like, you know, I mentioned last podcast that it's Ramadan. Well, it's still Ramadan. It's almost over. <laughs> Today is actually the 27th night of Ramadan, which is, like, a very special night. Like, this is the night um, that um, Muhammad was called into heaven and given a tour by the angel Gabriel and came back to earth to, you know, share what he had learned. Um, But it was kind of interesting reading this book during Ramadan because there's such a, like, parallel between Lent and Ramadan. Like, they're the, the holy periods of that religion and you do fast although in different ways but it's not about denying yourself like I've read a, I've read a lot about it it's like it's like first of all it's to be thankful for what you do have it's to feel what it feels like to be poor and so that you'll want to be more generous in your life and like um <laughs> you know a big part of it is like giving to the poor um but it's also to just kind of like clear the distractions out of your life and yeah. and kind of focus on what's important um, and, like, I fasted for only 10 days, <laughs> but I, I learned during these 10 days, I was like, you know, I can't keep up with my life like I normally do, and I can't have, like, a million things going on. Like, I have to kind of just boil it down to my priorities, you know, like, mm-hmm. and so when I'm at home, I can't be doing a million things. I'm just gonna, like, focus on my children and spend time with them and, 
you know, not worry about, like, if my house is clean, my laundry's done, and my blog entries are ready, and, like, <laughs> you know, all this stuff that yeah. doesn't matter, you know, so, like, it... Yeah, it's like spring cleaning. Yes, kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like, th- like, there's a lot in your life that is just, I mean, whatever, it, it, it's there, Cluttering, it's not going right? away, yeah. but clutter, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like there's definitely a benefit, and then there are people that are just like, okay, I'm not gonna eat all day period, you know, <laughs> like, they're yeah. not really getting a whole lot of, out of it, so, I mean, li- like, y- you can do, like you were saying, the letter of the law, or the spirit of the law, you know, like, yeah, there's certain like practices, some people just go through the motions, yeah, but, but the, not the practicers are considering just, the heart of it, they're, yeah. they're there to help you get to the higher purpose, you know, yeah, yeah. so, and, yeah. and same with Lent, you know, like, it, it's, it's kind of, to clear the distractions out of your life, basically, so that yeah. you can focus on your your relationship with your religion, or you know, just your life in general. So, yeah, yeah, and, and Lent, you know, yeah, is leading up to Easter, so it's like remembering Christ, and then Easter is, you know, the celebration of the resurrection, and so it's like joy and hope and happiness, and yes, it's yeah, like and rebirth and that you know, I, you've those had beautiful a cold ideas, winter yeah. and springtime. Yeah. Oh. So it's like so yeah, it's like the point is to become a good new person yes. or just like more awesome than you used to be new, what, you know like yeah. <laughs> so exactly. yeah i love it <laughs> so it's it's like it makes I, when, while you were talking i was thinking of like treat yourself but like because vn she has this chocolate shop and it's like decadent rich like like we said artisanal chocolates yeah. and very special and then Renaud it's like fasting time so it's right. like deny yourself the stuff but but it's like it's it's okay like but look how treat, she treat yourself like love yourself but like look how she enjoys yeah. the chocolate like she has her nice small cup of like you know yeah it's not a gorgeous chocolate or and then she has like a you know a piece whereas he like yeah starves himself all month and then like that's the extreme like moment of madness at the end where he's like gorging himself on chocolates and just like it's disgusting and scary and you know just the way he just snaps you know and i mean it's kind of like cute and funny in the movie but it's actually kind of like disturbing in the book the way it's written and um it's kind of like you know, you can only deny yourself for so long, you know, whether it's, like, I mean, it's something as, as mundane as chocolate or just life in general, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah but, like... If, if you're having to work so hard to force yourself to be a certain way, like, it, you know, it's gonna snap eventually, <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, well, like what you're saying, it's kind of, it's like finding balance. Yes. Like, that's part of what fasting is about, or, or that kind of you know mentality Mm because it doesn't have to be fasting from food but it can be fasting from um habits or just yeah just like you were saying to kind of clear out the clutter of your life and yeah it's about finding balance Mm -hmm. and yeah so i i definitely like you can still eat chocolate and not like (laughs) be (laughs) sinning or whatever yeah it's like it's okay (laughs) if you like chocolate have some chocolate and (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but I think, like, yeah, it's like, man is not born evil, like, I think there's that, that's what Renaud is, his mindset is, you know, why you have to fast and deny, 
deny your human yeah, like, soul and that kind of thing. Yeah, like, beat down this dark evil. part of yourself. And, but, and, you yeah, know. like, no, we're not evil. We're, and that's what Vienna's <laughs> like. It's a, it's allowed. Like, it's okay to yes. feel yes. human and, yeah, just be good. Exactly. Yeah, okay, I think we've probably <laughs> talked about that that theme a lot. But I, yeah. I, but it's very powerful in this book and it's, yeah, I... I appreciate how it's written and um yeah um yeah. and just like just quickly you know before we get off like yeah. the topic of religion too um like she um when when they're getting ready for the for the Easter ceremony or the Easter mm-hmm. like festival basically um you know she she talks a lot about um I think it's pronounced Estra which is or, uh, um like the Auster, yeah. yeah the the Auster. Germanic goddess like yeah I'm more familiar with um Hernan is Ostara which I think is like the old yeah, the old right. English um name but yeah like this is a a, a a goddess that is associated with like all the symbols we think about for Easter, yeah, Easter. like like, like yeah the eggs yeah. the rabbits like all those things that are associated with Easter come from this like older pagan tradition you know and so that's what yeah it's part part of the observing or the Catholic um, integration of yes. pagans into the yeah yeah it's like hey you can still have your festivals. Join, join, you know, become Christian. We'll, exactly. We'll allow you yeah. To... <laughs> become Christian, there'll still be eggs. Yeah. <laughs> and rabbits and, you know, whatnot. And, yeah, and, and, like, a lot of the Christmas symbolism came from... Yeah. It's fascinating. Well. I love it. I yeah. love it, yeah. But it goes... But yeah, it all relates back to what's the heart of these things, like hope and rebirth. And the symbols are all, this, like, they, ha- they have that meaning. And so it's all to the same end, which is... Yes very universal and beautiful (laughs) (laughs) nice well i want to get into food but but right before right before (laughs) one more thing like on the movie um you know i i I guess we talked about like some things we liked some things we didn't like the thing i liked the most of this movie was juliette binoche (laughs) like you know as as i i feel like there are a lot of faults to this movie but she was not one of them she was a goddess I loved her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like, I like the movie on its own, uh, but like once you do delve into the book, the movie seems very kind of flimsy. Yes, <laughs> like a flimsy counterfeit. But on its own, it's a nice, lighthearted. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are some fine. serious <laughs> moments, but yeah, but I think, yeah, it it is in a different vain <laughs> it is uh, it, yeah like i book. mean the the plot points are all there but yeah they're just two different animals basically yeah <laughs> I'm both tr- enjoyable yeah. yeah but but anyway food <laughs> so much food yeah like, i think oh you gosh. took notes i made bookmarks and we still couldn't keep track of it all it, i mean yeah, yeah it's ridiculous it's... um i don't know how she runs this chocolate shop because there's at least 30 different types of chocolate at all times. I know. We and don't, she's just one woman. Really like, how does about... she do this? <laughs> I mean, it does mention her, like, tempering the chocolate yes. and, and, like, getting the, the blocks, you know, delivered and all this. But then, like, the construction of the Easter window and stuff, it's like it just happens. Like, suddenly she has all the parts and she's assembling it. Yes. 
but it's like I think there's a how, little like, magic the heads in have taken going into days. this. <laughs> yeah, days and just so much effort and time. Like, how do you even have time to interact with the village people? Right. Like, she basically like sits <laughs> and talks and drinks chocolate all day. <laughs> like, when is she making all this? I mean, no, she does lots of. Yeah, work she is well. like a speed spell or something. And I don't know. Yeah, she takes. <laughs> it says she takes all Wednesday afternoon to like you know make all the stuff for the week and this and that. Yeah. But yeah, so she's working a lot. But I mean, there's a huge variety. But it's kind of glossed over. Of, yeah. Of stuff. So. Yeah. That would be too tedious to read if it, like, went into detail about how she <laughs> makes everything. Because, yeah, you're right. It's, like, a ton of stuff. And it um, all sounds delightful. I mean, like, you know, of course yeah. it's all chocolate, but then, you know, there's different kinds. There's, like, you know, cream-filled ones. There's ones... Well, and that's part like... of her magic is that she can discover people's favorites. Yes. Because of the way that she can like catch people's emotions yeah, and memories. Yeah, she's very intuitive and, and knows exactly yeah. yeah what everybody likes. I know all their favorites. It's a knack, a professional secret, like a fortune teller reading palms. Uh, and then, well, then she says that her mother would have laughed at the waste of her skills. <laughs> um, and a she... tame alchemist is what her mom would have called her. Right. So yeah, so there's like alchemy involved. Yeah, and she, <laughs> so but she really, does say yeah. she doesn't like. She allows herself to do that, but she does not delve any further. Like, she yeah. she basically is holding back, you know? like I have no she, desire to probe farther into the She's much more than powerful this. than that. Like, she can read people's minds and stuff. Like, she gets, yeah, like, flashes of their thoughts and, and, and things, but she doesn't... She feels like that's intrusive. But, you know, like, just being yeah. intrusive enough to get your favorite chocolate is, a, like, a very ha- harmless thing. It helps her with her wish fulfillment. Yeah. Or wish, gr- wish granting, basically. <laughs> yeah. So she, she says, this one with its hint, or, yeah, this one with its hint of bitterness will relish my zesty orange twists. This one meaning this person. Yeah. <laughs> has a hint of, hint of bitterness. Um, will like the orange twists. This sweet smiling one, the soft-centered apricot hearts. This girl with the windblown hair will love the mendants. And later on, we learn that... That's her um, favorite, those, too. Those mendants, yeah, are Vivian's favorite. Um, this brisk, cheery woman, the chocolate Brazils uh, for Guilherme... Uh, <laughs> the, the old guy with the dog. The Florentines. Uh... And then double chocolate truffles uh, reveal a gentle heart beneath a gruff exterior. Um, cinder toffee. I'm like skipping over their names now, the people, but. Right. <laughs> um, chocolate curls, white buttons with colored vermicelli, pan de epices. Pan de piece. Uh, uh, how do you say it? Pan de piece. Pan de piece. Pan de pieces. I, I took high school French. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. I can do this. You need to say all these French words. Uh, with gilded edging, marzipan fruits. Uh, so, like growing up in Germany, mar- we loved marzipan, and we, my mom used to make mm. marzipan home- homemade, and then and that's like an my almond, sister and I, um, yeah, it's almond paste yeah. kind of with sugar, and yeah, we would make we would kind of use it like clay and make little animals and color it and stuff. Oh, cool! <laughs> so marzipan fruits in their nests and peanut brittle clusters, cracknels. Uh, yeah, all these. I sell dreams, small comforts, yeah. sweet, harmless temptations to bring down a multitude of saints crash, crash, crashing among the hazels and nougatines. 
nice. <laughs> Is that so bad? Yeah, she's like rioting <laughs> with chocolate. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> one of yeah, one of so Anouk's little so friends from school, I forget the little girl's name, but she likes um, chocolate mice. <laughs> yeah, so, there's a ton of chocolate mice in this book. Yeah, sugar so she, mice. So yes, yeah. yeah, so she like tempts her to be friends with Anouk, basically. She's Aww. like, if you come back, yeah. I'll give you chocolate mice. <laughs> yeah. And then later, like, you know, she makes the Pied Piper display with like tons of Mice. Yeah, so that's another like fairy tale or folk tale that's mentioned. So we have the the Easter bells story, and then there's Pied Piper mentioned uh, for the Easter window. So there's like all these. It's kind of like a depiction of the town, and then there's chocolate animals, and then there's a bunch of chocolate mice in the window, and then the Pied Piper who looks kind of like the the gypsy guy Rue Rue. Real. <laughs> who who was played by Johnny Depp in the movie. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, you know um, who I, I had th- in my head for that? So, <laughs> I'm getting into the habit of, like, really casting people. I had, um, <laughs> Tormund Giantsbane from Game of Thrones. What? I know, that's so weird, but he has red hair. <laughs> and he's a lot uh, gruffer, gotcha. and so, like, I have I had him in my head, and he actually made a pretty good route, and so I hated Johnny Depp as Rue. I wanted Johnny Depp as the, uh, I already mentioned this, the priest. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was interesting, the, the choice for the Pied Piper. Um, she is kind of like the, the Pied depiction. Piper, you know? She's, like, yeah. tempting, tempting these townspeople with her, um, you know, her sweet wares and kind of taking them away from the church who's, like, their parent, you know? So, it, yeah, yeah. It, it does very much mirror the story. Yeah. Uh, and then another folk tale, or not folk tale, but um, like fairy story uh, that's mentioned is Alice in Wonderland. Um, Van has a vivid dream about Alice in Wonderland, um, like the s- setting of Alice in Wonderland, and some of the characters blended with people from the town. And so that was kind of interesting. That that was like again that whole idea of going down the rabbit hole, but it's like. Because it was kind of a disturbing dream for her. Not a fun, happy dream. <laughs> but, yeah, like, the weirdness and the otherworldness and the, like, um, f- kind of flight of Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, falling Alice in Wonderland down the rabbit is hole. kind of yeah. disturbing at times. Yeah. So, so that's why that, like, because her dream, like, it's, that was to go with her dream of, the, or her feeling of being... Of, like, falling down. Falling down the rabbit hole. Getting, yeah. Fiction Kitchen, episode 13. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that was interesting, yeah. So we had a couple of folktales mentioned in this. Mm -hmm. I mean, this whole story is is kind of like a fairy tale, you know? Yeah, it is. That's true. A dark fairy tale. Yeah. So. So what else have we got? She's, um, she bakes cakes a lot so even though it's like a chocolate shop you know um she she, pies are mentioned yeah Yeah. cakes and pies for people so people come in um you know i mentioned it's also like a cafe so it's not just like a little shop you know people come in and yeah she has coffee sit on the stools and she's got you know coffees mochas yeah chococinos (laughs) yeah so people just come in and (laughs) have drinks and a piece of cake um yeah she mentions like a black and white cake chocolate cake of course <laughs> yeah and it and she does go into um so there's a great deal of history with chocolate 
and uh, it's just mentioned a couple of times in the book about the Aztecs. Um, in the movie, like, it's really turned up a notch. Like, the, she decorates her shop with, like, Aztec and Mayan, like, um, Yeah, and, theme, like, in the and, movie, her mother is, like... Yeah, is it's, like, from... totally embedded in the movie. Right. Which, in the book, it's only mentioned... Yeah, it's mentioned, but... Um... Just because of it, of the history of chocolate is, you know, that's originated from, yeah, the anciently with the, the Aztecs and and the, the Mayans. And so, yeah, so that was interesting that the movie kind of went that route. I feel like they did that and then made Pantoufle, the, the invisible rabbit, um, into a kangaroo and they made Johnny Depp Irish. I feel like they were trying to push the fact that there was like that VN was a traveler and like yeah so kind of bring in some different like worldly elements yeah but I eh, I don't know I don't think it was necessary I don't either I think yeah maybe they just wanted to have the actual kangaroo hopping off at the end yeah they're like hey how can we put a kangaroo in this story I hated Johnny Depp being <laughs> Irish I mean I know it's just a detail but like his accent was so bad and like what's the point <laughs> you know. I know, it, I don't understand why they, yeah. What was even the I mean, point? I guess like, just I, I don't know. Yeah. make it very multicultural, it's I don't very, know. Like. Very silly. <laughs> but, it um, seemed, it, it felt less realistic. Uh-huh. You know, whatever. Um, um, none of that so, stuff bothered me that much, but yeah, I was just like, eh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, so she mentions, so in the book, um, Van talks about tempering the chocolate um, let's see. I'm going to find the page. And there me. are detailed instructions to temper chocolate in this um, Joanne Harris cookbook that I bought called My French yeah, and Kitchen. And it's probably in your book, yeah. too. Yeah, because since yours yeah, is all chocolate. All chocolate. But, um, yeah, she talks about um, you have to get, what's it called, couverture, which is like the blocks of chocolate. Yeah. And then the, there's, like, a whole tempering process, and that's how you get, like, the really professional, shiny, you know, pretty chocolate. And she says you can also just use, like, high-quality eating chocolate, but you're not going to get that, like, professional shine. <laughs> yeah. So this is what it says in the book. The blocks of couverture are slightly larger than house bricks, one box of each per delivery. So she's talking about, like, the deliveries of chocolates that she gets at the shop. Um, I use all three types, the dark, the milk, and the white. The chocolate has to be tempered to bring it to its crystalline state. So this is, uh, so ensuring a hard, brittle surface and a good shine. Uh, so, so yeah, so it's, so you get a, a bain-marie, I don't so know did you, that right. But did you actually temper your chocolate? I did. Okay, yeah, I wanted to ask But I don't have, like, professional implements, so... (laughs) So where do you... Okay, I had so many questions. Like, I I, I did not... I didn't have a couverture. I was about to ask, like, where do you get (laughs) couverture? Where can we acquire this mythical thing? Well, probably, I guess, if you get, like, 100% dark, maybe? I don't... I don't think that is, though. I think couverture is, like, the... But that's probably pre-tempered, anyway. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think this is, like, the even, like, more raw materials. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's, like, specialty shops and stuff, but I didn't even know how to go about that. Well, in the movie, they show her mashing 
cocoa beans. Which is ridiculous. I don't think... <laughs> yeah. Like, she would not have been doing that. I mean, it... So, in the book, she it was doesn't a very, like about It was a very beans. pretty image and stuff of her, like, mashing cocoa beans. But yeah. Please. Um, she should have been totally buff. Like... Yeah. Can you imagine? She'd have, like, Popeye forearms. Like... Yeah. <laughs> but, um... But, yeah, so... And she does say so... she never uses, um... Like, mechanical equipment. She does everything by hand. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, so it's like getting a, a pot of water simmering and then you put, uh, either another pot or a glass bowl on top and you put your chocolate in it and it's supposed to get up to, um, see the book I have, I got it from Australia, so it's in Celsius. How annoying so, the way the rest of the world does things. <laughs> so I have like a, just a rinky dink candy thermometer, um, so that's why like, I, I I mean, I attempted to temper the chocolate, but I don't think, because I don't have a real bain-marie or, like, a really nice um, kitchen thermometer or whatever, so, I mean, I did what I could. But, um, but yeah, so the tempered, melted, so first, for dark, this is for dark chocolate, which is what I used. Um, So depending on dark chocolate, milk chocolate, or white chocolate, it's a different temperature, but you melt it, you bring it up to a certain temperature, and you melt it, and then you remove it from the heat. And then you let it cool to a certain temperature, which is like the crystallizing temperature. And then you put it back on onto the bain-marie, back onto the heat, and bring it up just a tiny bit. And this is supposed to help the chocolate to uh, harden nicely and to be smooth and to uh, be shiny. Yeah, glossy. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah. So it's chemistry. Yeah, so the, so yeah, the, um, yes. chocolate has Science, what crystals. we now call magic. It's made up of crystals, and yeah, so when you temper it, you need to, like, restructure those yeah. crystals. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what that's all about. But usually, like, in cooking, or, like, at least at home cooking, we, you know, we just, like, zap it in the microwave or whatever <laughs> if we want to melt chocolate, and yeah. Yeah. But... But this is what she does. Yeah, I used um, a double yeah. boiler to melt the chocolate, but I wasn't, like, tempering anything, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, getting it to a certain state and then cooling it and get, then getting it back. Yeah, I wasn't doing any of that stuff. Yeah, and I'm then we can scry. I'm kind of interested to try, though. We can scry when, in it. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Yeah. But then we can scry in it when yes. it's melted. I'm definitely going to scry in my chocolate when I try this. <laughs> see if I can see the yeah. future. Yeah, it says, there is a kind of alchemy in the transformation of base chocolate into this wise fool's gold, a layman's magic that even my mother might have relished. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, so, so, yeah, she does, oh, um, She does talk about food as sorcery, which I love. Yeah, there's, oh, I did write down the, the quote, yeah, it's just, there's a, there's a type of sorcery yes, in cooking, yeah, kind of sorcery, but, yeah, I thought that was really... It's true, because <laughs> it is like alchemy or like I don't know. It's it is kind of like magic. It is. <laughs> um, uh, the the name of the shop in the book is um, oh yeah, La Celeste Praline. Praline, I guess. Um, so Celeste is heaven, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting, you know, since we've got yeah. all this religious stuff going on. Um, but pralines, um, I'm not sure if like French. 
pralines are the same as the pralines I grew up with, but since I'm a good southern girl, you know, we've got pralines from either um, Charleston or, you know, they're, they're very famous in New Orleans, too, and they're basically like uh, um, nuts and, like, caramel that are just kind of melted down and then cooled, you know, so they make these nice candies, and so, like, you know, um, we always went to Charleston when I was a kid and brought back, like, a box of pralines. <laughs> so I just looked it up. Um, so, yeah, in different places in the world, they have, like, they're a bit different. Yeah, that's um, what so I was saying. Like, I wonder if the French yeah. ones are the same as the... But maybe, because, I mean, like, you know, New Orleans, there's so much French influence, you know, so, um, like, it might be slightly different, um but, like, kind of the same concept. I still think they're, like, nuts and, Yeah, you know, it looks like it's yeah, nuts sugar. and sugar. Yeah. yeah, and then, yeah, sometimes with chocolate. Sometimes it's a it's a cookie. Um, yeah, it says the French ones... Yeah, I'm looking at Wikipedia, my favorite resource. Um, it says, like, the French ones are, like, a firm combination, and then the American ones are kind of, like, softer. And then American mm-hmm. ones use different nuts, and the French ones are mostly almonds. Yeah. And it looks like... Yeah, Charleston, uh, they're pecans. And in, in Belgium, it, that's where, like, the chocolate comes into play more, so... Yes. Um, chocolate, our, somewhat, it says, bake, like, chocolate bonbons. Our, our niece is coming next week from Switzerland, mm-hmm. and we have requested, bring chocolate! Oh my gosh, so, like, I traveled to... I spent some time in Belgium. Yeah. And that that is... So I went to Bruges... I forget if I've mentioned that on this podcast before, but... I feel like you um, have, but maybe yeah. it was offline, but whatever. Like, talk about <laughs> so it more. To... Talk about this mythical place. Well, um, I know. I, so, totally. Like, talking about, like, subtle magic and stuff. That, <laughs> that would have happened at that place. Like, so magical. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's, like, if I... <laughs> anything I would say about this place, like, Bruges, Belgium. I mean, there were like water, little waterways and stuff, but like the shops is chocolate and lace. Like maybe, maybe it was like more touristy. I don't know, but it was like chocolate in all the windows. Like there were chocolateries or whatever, like all these chocolate shops and then also lace shops. But all the chocolate, oh my gosh, in every window there would be penises and breasts. (laughs) What? I (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Surprise. Nipples of Venus? I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> Nipples of Venus, definitely. <laughs> Nipples of everybody. <laughs> and penises, like, with testicles and everything. Like, there was no shame. Wow. <laughs> it was just all there. It's but like, yeah, but like I... Like a bachelor but that's kind party of, at all times. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's probably what Renaud was afraid of. <laughs> I know. Do you know what they're doing in Belgium? <laughs> It's like a more, um... But it's like this carnal, you know, yes. like, this, the indulgence, and then it, like, and then, bam! <laughs> body parts. <laughs> Central body parts. Like, I don't know. Oh, that's but, funny. <laughs> but, yeah, so, when I think of European chocolate, that's what comes to mind. Penises? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was, but it, but, like, it's not as taboo or whatever in Europe anyway. Right. I mean, are, so there aren't any are chocolate penises <laughs> in chocolate, like, so don't worry about that, guys. But, like, <laughs> that was just my experience. On um, Wikipedia, I just, my eyes just landed on it. 
so which so the French praline um, gave birth to what is known in French as chocolat pray. Praline. <laughs> the word praline, or so it's P-R-A-L-I-N-E with the little over the top of the E. What is that? Excellent. <laughs> is used. Yeah, is used colloquially in praline. France and Switzerland. Okay, you're to right. You're right. It is more general term. Known simply as chocolates gotcha. in English. Okay, good to know. So, so yeah, so so it's one of those words, I guess that it. Like, it can be used specifically to mean certain ones, or... Or just in general. It's yeah. developed over time to, yeah, kind of, yeah, have a category. Yeah, I was wondering about that, too. Um, yeah, so the heavenly... What is it? The, heaven, the heavenly, the heavenly praline, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so she, so she mentions uh, in the book that... Um, the, the mingled scents of chocolate, vanilla, heated copper, and cinnamon are intoxicating, uh, powerfully suggestive, the raw and earthy tang of the Americas, the hot and resonant perfume of the rainforest. This is how I travel now, as the Aztecs did in their sacred rituals, Mexico, Venezuela, Colombia, the court of Montezuma, Cortez, and Columbus, the food of the gods, bubbling and frothing in ceremonial goblets, the bitter elixir of life. So that's this is what Vienne is saying, like as she's tempering chocolate and all is. So she kind of mentions some of the history. Yeah. Um, but but I remember, like my mom. I think she has a book about the history of chocolate. Or I remember her like years ago talking to me about it. But like, there were missions set up in, um, I guess in Mexico. Where would it be? What's the geography? I'm showing my like, ignorance. Like South America, but like I guess both. Yeah, and so there were, um, like nuns <laughs> at these missions, but they totally got bonkers on chocolate, <laughs> like the raw cacao. Like, like have you guys tried this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> so they were fun nuns. <laughs> But yeah, so so chocolate was um, revered as like an elixir of the gods, just yeah. as it, you know, Vian mentioned. And in, in that here. video, um, um, as, and medicinal. Yeah, the video mm-hmm. you sent with um, Joanne Harris and who is the co-author? Yeah, of this she mentioned book? it. Um, the the um, um, Fran, Fran Ward. Ward, who is like yeah. a, um, a food writer. So they they co-wrote these cookbooks together, and so um, we'll link to this like little video of the two of them. But like um, Joanne Harris is is talking about chocolate, and like she's saying that before, um, you know, before we started adding like cream and sugar and all this kind of stuff to it, it was more yeah. like um, almost like a health food, and and it was carried mm-hmm. by warriors because it gives you energy and um, just yeah. Napoleon also carried chocolate with him yeah. to give him energy, a, a lift. So it yeah. wasn't like an indulgence; it was like a um, yeah, just kind of a yeah, more a super like food. A <laughs> or yeah, yeah. And also, and also because it it was kind of like a drug. Yeah, it is mood altering. <laughs> like like yeah. a drug medicinally, and also yeah, yeah like a <laughs> mood altering. Yeah, that it was kind of it was religious in a way. Um, kind of like a well, I wouldn't say like a vision quest or whatever, but like <laughs> like peyote, oh, like yeah, right, like. <laughs> but you know, yes, a little bit trippy, but like 
it was also kind of religious in that way. Yeah. But like like how Shima Vian mentions like uh, um, the food of the gods. Yeah. Ceremonial goblets and yeah. So anyway. So there is there so there are books out there about the history of chocolate which I'm kind of curious to read like books like that like that and like about nutmeg and you know these books about the history of certain uh, foods or certain ingredients. Yeah. Because they were used, like, have, like, completely differently. And, yeah, they weren't, yeah. like, making the, chocolate. Chocolate was used as currency, uh, uh, you know, at, at one point in time. Oh, okay. And, yeah. It's so very it's, valuable. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's like gold. Yeah. <laughs> and they would mostly drink it rather than eat it. Yeah. Make drinks out of and it. And then I think um, the, the movie Chocolat, anyway, kind of, because what, um, the hot chocolate, there's a scene where Vian puts, sprinkles, um, pepper, or red pepper, yeah, into, chili. yeah, chili pepper into the hot chocolate. So, so just FYI, like, hot chocolate is, I think we all are getting it, but, <laughs> the meaning, but it's, hot chocolate always means melted chocolate, whereas cocoa is the powder. Mm. But we use it interchangeably now, like, oh, have, give me some hot chocolate. Like, hot we're chocolate just talking is about like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we're just talking about, like... It can be made with cocoa but, or melted chocolate. Yeah, yeah. so coke, So when we say, like, uh, you know, at winter time we want some cocoa, we're talking about powder, chocolate powder, but, when, but hot chocolate is, yeah, melted, melted chocolate. chocolate. Yeah. So... Anyway, yeah, no, I didn't understand that. An FYI, because <laughs> like this past Christmas, this past winter time, like I did a post about like, and I actually made um, well, like my own rendition of um, what Van may have made, but um, yeah, but then I, but it was I was kind of researching for about these different uh, fictional hot chocolates and cocos. There is a difference. It's like buns and biscuits. There's a difference. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so, oh my gosh, like, melted, just hot chocolate is very decadent and rich, like, because you're drinking melted chocolate. Right. I, mean, I like, what? so, yeah, I didn't yeah. know there was a difference either, because, like, you know, we've always, like, kind of used them interchangeably growing up. I mean, we always called it hot chocolate, even though I guess we really meant hot cocoa, because that's how we yeah. were making it. But, like, the the first time I ever heard the concept of, like, melting chocolate into a drink, I think was um, when we read the Polar Express. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, because yeah. um, they, they talk about, um, like, when they're on the train, they drink chocolate as um, thick as melted chocolate bars. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Because I was yeah. like, you know, a child with infinite capacity for sugar. Would you like to <laughs> Right now that sounds bar. like too much. Can't take yeah. it. But at the time I was like, yes. Well, on Tumblr, uh, someone asked Joanne Harris, if you could choose any chocolate, what would your favorite be? Mm-hmm. And she responded, hot chocolate from the Kona Village Bar in Hawaii made with coconut milk, Chantilly cream and shaved, shaved cocoa nibs. That sounds awesome. And it said that, she, that the experienced redefined drinking drinking chocolate for me forever so it's also called drinking chocolate too drinking hot chocolate. chocolate is drinking chocolate nice. but yeah so coconut milk instead of heavy cream or light cream but yeah co- coconut milk and I, I've made white hot chocolate with coconut milk before actually I've made 
regular hot chocolate. Yeah, I've, I've made like hot chocolate with um, coconut. But with coconut milk, yeah. I've made it too, and it's pre- it's pretty good. It's kind of like, um, is it, uh, I forget. Never mind. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very good. They complement each other well. <laughs> yeah, but, but so rich and nice. <laughs> yeah. So, as I was reading this, I was craving chocolate, of course. (laughs) And I started incorporating it into my, like, everyday foods that I take normally. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, something I do at least every other day. I do, like, a lot of green smoothies. Mm -hmm. So, I made this really good one with chocolate. (laughs) Huh? Iron Man. Yeah, I know. Well, actually, try this one. I might get you on board. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> I made one. It was, yeah, I know. We talked about this on our Avengers episode, our green smoothie recipes, but this is a really, like, deca- decadent one. But it's actually using the cocoa powder more like a superfood because everything in it is really healthy. It was um, cherries, which are already very sweet, so you don't need a lot of sweetener. Um, almond milk, um, a drizzle of molasses, um, a handful of spinach, and a big spoon of cocoa powder. Mm. And it was delicious. It was like a milkshake. <laughs> nice. And then just, like, making my coffee. I, I drink a ton of coffee. And I make it, um, when I make it at home, I make it in a French press. So I just put, like, a spoonful of cocoa powder in with my espresso and drank it unsweetened. And it was delicious. Mm. So those are just, like, a couple easy ways you can incorporate chocolate into your everyday <laughs> yeah. routine. Without, you know, I mean, it's not like you're eating... You know. It doesn't always have to be like a dessert. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, in the movie, when uh, Armand has her feast, um, they they have chocolate sauce. It was like chocolate cherry sauce, perhaps that was like over yeah. various meats. Is that or in the book? It, at the um, end, it's, like, no, it's not mention? in the. I, well, it might be in the book, but I don't. I don't remember that specifically, mm-hmm. and I was highlighting, so I don't think it was in there. But um, that reminds like, me of like mole sauce too. I was about to say mole yeah. is a me- a Mexican sauce, and it's it's like chocolate, chocolate. in an unsweetened um, form, you yeah. know? Because like I mean, yeah, we're we're mostly used to like sweet dishes with chocolate, but yeah, mole sauce has. Yeah, yeah, and then going chocolate. back to like the chili powder, and then like sea salt, like chocolate with sea salt, like. So putting savory ingredients with chocolate, yeah, it's a yeah, very it's interesting, fantastic. yeah. And mix. the salt, salt with chocolate goes really well because, like, you know, mm-hmm. cocoa is naturally, or, or chocolate in general is like naturally bitter, so the the salt will, um, like, cut the bitterness, or it makes your taste. Like again, science slash magic, science. like, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like the the salt makes your taste buds not taste bitterness so you Mm. only get like the pleasant you know taste of the chocolate yeah nice yeah oh here's the uh, that was a a cute uh, going back to the hot chocolate with so it was um with armand and and this is that's like it's in the movie um i can't remember what the scene was in the it's kind of it was similar to the scene in the book, I think. Um, but in the movie, the, uh, Armand voice and she's like, "Oh, I think your cinnamon is rancid." And Vienna's like, "Oh, it's not. It's not cinnamon. It's chili pepper." 
And mm-hmm. and Armand is like, chili pepper and hot chocolate? And Van's like, mm-hmm, it'll give you a lift. And then <laughs> and then Armand takes a sip and instantly she's you can tell she's like transported. <laughs> it's like it tastes like I don't know, and she giggles. Like so that's in the movie yeah. version. But I, I think And she does come in like so and, and she's like this in the book too, like when they first meet, she's kinda very gruff, yeah. gruff and guarded. Yeah, and it just kinda opens her up. But then she, yeah. yeah, and then she reveals she has like this kind of like sweet, fun-loving, Mis- yeah, and mischievous, yeah, yeah kind of, yeah, mischievous. That's a great <laughs> word for her. Yeah, because she's an old lady, but there's like a lot of childlike qualities about her. Yeah. You know, so nice. Yeah. Um. So, oh my gosh, like we we could just talk forever about the, oh, yeah. the oh, foods. Pain in here. Oh, pain au chocolat. Um, you know, classic French pastry. But mm-hmm. Anouk loves these. And, um, yeah, she eats those a lot. I think those are her favorites. Yeah, she has them for breakfast. And, yeah. I don't know if it specifically says they're her favorites, but, yeah, she she loves them. Yeah. And also, so, of course, chocolate, you know, is all over the place in this book. But there are, there are also some other non-chocolate foods. Um, like, it's mentioned, so Renaud, in his fasting, um, he mentions... Like, one that, thing that stood out to me was the carrot salad. Yes. What? I'm trying to remember exactly. Actually, before he goes nuts, like, when he's just at the beginning of his, like, quote, fasting, his meals seem pretty good, you know? He's, mm-hmm. like, eating, like, he's got salads and soups and fresh bread and yeah. even a glass of wine. You know, I was yeah, like, that sounds week, pretty yeah. decent. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, when he's down to a meal of day of flavorless food, it sounds not too great. But yeah, yeah that's like his... totally not healthy for you, guy. Right. <laughs> you gotta have, like, like, food is for your body, but it's also for your soul. Like, and yes. I think that's, you know, the whole chocolate it's thing is, yeah, that it's, like, VN is providing this nourishment for, yeah, like you said, nur- use the word nourishment, but like, it's, yeah. It's not just a, a means to an end or just like, a physical thing it's there's more to it like so many right. things in life there's eat the duality to live versus living to eat <laughs> yeah um oh i wish i could find it but it, yeah it was like and i kind of want to try to make it because it sounded i mean just like a carrot salad but it's like the color is so what would probably be so pretty like the orange um, but there was something else in it. Now I can't find. Oh, olives! It was carrot salad. Oh olives. yeah, love olives. Yeah, me too. That salad sounded good. Yeah. Score one for Renault. <laughs> yeah. So there's that, and then so there's his food that's mentioned, um, and then also the the river folks, the gypsies. Yes, they had like um, a fish fry. Yeah, the they had. They go to a party on the boat, which sounded like a lot of fun. Yeah, they had crayfish, which, so growing up on a farm, we had a creek or a stream, and we would, like, catch crayfish. We wouldn't eat them. Me they too! They were just tiny I had ones. A, but... I, had a, I had a creek in my backyard, and we yeah. used to catch yeah so it says they had like so they have warm spiced wine with lemon and nutmeg and they had oh, apple delicious. juice see i don't drink alcohol but that sounded really good so i would be like warm you spiced can think of it with, like, apple, apple juice cider. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i would be having the apple juice with a nook but i would like put some of those yeah. spices in there spice it up yeah <laughs> um yeah so grilled crayfish sardines, corn, sweet potatoes, carrot. So this 
I used to make this, uh, I like on the farm, like I loved it as a kid and I've made it for other people, um, at different times. Anyway, caramelized apples rolled in sugar and then flash fried in butter. But I, I would make them different. I called them candied apples, but not on a stick. They were caramelized apples. So it was like, Uh but I, and I wouldn't flash fry them. I would cook them a while. So they get, got really soft. So it's almost like apple pie filling, I guess. But sometimes I yeah. would do it quickly so they'd be kind of crunchy in the center. And like maybe add some cranberries and maybe some pecans. Yeah, well, pecans. I made, you I made um, baked apples for our um, Grimm's Fairy Tales episode. Yeah, and I, I put like, I think I put like almonds and um, like I, I, co- I cored them and put like um, like almonds and raisins or something yeah. in them. But and a little bit of sugar. Butter, and baked them. Yeah, fried apples. Oh yeah, or baked apples. But here it's it's it was cool because I'm like yeah I love fried apples and butter. <laughs> and put some sugar <laughs> on it. Yeah, yeah. Them river people they know how to do it. And then yeah. thick pancakes and honey. And they ate they ate all this with their hands. Yes. Like so it's even more like you're just so close to your food. Like there's not yeah. even. This direct contact. There's not even like a utensil separating you from your food. Like, that's right. <laughs> I let like, and then they were having a party. Yeah, like you said. So. That's right. That's how Pakistani people eat. Yeah. So it's like it's like more of a relationship with your food, like, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's. Yeah, that's interesting yeah. to think about it like that. Yeah. So. So I might try to make. I, I didn't make the carrot salad, but I, I might do that and, like, post on my blog later or something. But yeah, also the apples. Yeah, there was lots of, like... And, yeah. I, like, I definitely made... A, like, I, I felt like I couldn't make something non-chocolate for chocolate. <laughs> I know, that just kind of happened. Like, I know, wait, but, there, wait, but I actually, like, <laughs> the food that was not chocolate in this book also sounded really good. Yeah. You know, like, I think... Um, when when she and, and Josephine um, when Josephine moves in with her, I guess you haven't gotten to this part yet, but like but I know um, I have they to, they yeah. have like a like a nice simple dinner, but it sounds delicious. Yeah, like, tell I, I, tell about some of that the more if you can remember like from the parts I haven't read yet. Josephine helped me prepare dinner: a salad of green beans and tomatoes and spiced oil, red and black olives, more olives. Um, from the Thursday market stall, walnut bread, fresh basil from Narcisse. Um, he's he's the um, one of her regulars who has a garden and he's yeah. always bringing like food and stuff. Um, goat's cheese and red wine oh. from Bordeaux. It's so detailed, like it tells and all that's the their simple and stuff. dinner. That sounds amazing. Uh. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, we had nothing special. This is what we ate. So I mean, that just I seems want like that. Life and- just Life give me the olives and feta, actually. Right? Like, and I mean, like, it's not even prepared. It's, like, just the simplest food, but yeah. it's, like, fresh and delicious, and it's just, like, a part of life. Um, mm. Yeah. I love the way French people eat, you know? It's just, like, so, um, like, it, they enjoy their food, but it's all very, like, nourishing, and so it, it can be, like, rich and healthy at the same time, and yeah, I yeah. love it. Ugh, I want to make that too now. I want to make all the stuff. <laughs> well, because I like, I feel kind of chocolated out right now. <laughs> like the sweetness uh, and stuff. To be honest, I do too. Like, so, well, so now I, I want to eat some it. of the savory stuff that's in here. Like I want olives because they're really salty. <laughs> and feta cheese. Oh my gosh. 
I read, I, oh, I don't remember which article it was, but I read one article where Joanne Harris said when she was, like, on one of her tours, like, every time she came, um, to, like, a, a, like, chocolatery or whatever, the, the chef or whatever, they would be like, oh, I have the best thing for you to taste, and they'd bring her out this, like, chocolate confection, and she said she was getting sick of it by the end, uh. but she wanted to be polite, and so, you know, she went to this one, and the chef's like, oh, I've got the perfect thing for you, so she said she prepared herself to be, like, all excited and stuff, and, um, you know, but, like, really disappointed she'd have to eat more chocolate, and he came out with, like, um some kind of, like, anchovies on, um, <laughs> bread or something like that, so it's almost like he understood. Aww. And she's like, and it was the best thing I'd ever eaten. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. she mentions, like, she's not a chocoholic at all. I mean, she likes it fine, but she's not, like, obsessed with chocolate. It's just that yeah. she fell in love with the idea of chocolate, like, what it represents yeah. and the mm-hmm. um, perspective people have with it and the history and, um, and all of that, which is which is really fascinating. But yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so there's so after like well, I mean, I still need to finish the book, but like I feel like I've been immersed in chocolate in my mind <laughs> and like with the you need, recipes you need the that I did. Cleanser. <laughs> yeah, and so these other foods are like really standing out to me that were mentioned in the book. What about Armand's yeah. party or her feast? Do you remember anything? Oh my god! Uh, like non-chocolate. <laughs> Yes, well, like, pretty much the whole, the whole meal is, like, non-chocolate, because, like, of course they have dessert, but, um, yeah, I remember the descriptions of this, like, if you can wait another minute, I'll look it up. Mm -hmm. The one thing that sticks out in my head is they had, um, elderflower sorbet (gasps) between courses as, like, a palate cleanser. That sounds... Yeah, and this was, like, one of those, like, fancy meals that they had, like, course upon course. Yeah. You're saying, like, course upon course. And it's like, it could be viewed, and maybe Renaud did, but, like, viewed it viewed as gluttony or, like, overindulgence. But it's about being together. And that's the awesome thing about mealtime, especially used in fiction, is that it's, like, a mm-hmm. captive audience. You're all sitting at this table, like, you're you're eating, but you're also together, and interacting yes. and a lot that's like I think it's beautiful in stories and works of fiction that you can I mean you can make it a good time or it can be you can use it to be a bad time but like it's a way to make characters interact and right and in the real yeah, world it's mean, people being together yeah mm-hmm. so yeah because I mean yeah like you said in, in stories it's a good way to bring people together who might not normally mm-hmm. yeah be interacting um, this meal goes on for pages. <laughs> okay, I can't it's, wait to get there. <laughs> it, it starts with, um, soup de toma- okay, tomato soup, basically, French. Soup de tomate, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, Just soup kidding. de tomate a la Something Gascon. fancy. <laughs> um, served with fresh basil and a slice of tartlet meridional. Made on biscuit thin, pâté brisé, and lush with flavors of olive oil and anchovy and the rich local tomatoes, garnished with olives and slow roasted, oh, and, and roasted slowly to produce a concentration of flavors which seems almost impossible. Mm. That is the first course. <laughs> oh my god! They have an eight, an eighty-five chablis. Okay, more more stuff. Um, an herb salad to clear the palate. Foie gras on warm toast. Let's see. 
um, elderflower sorbet, followed by a plateau de fruit de mer, which is like the seafood course, which has got um, langoustines, gray shrimps, prawns, oysters, verniques, I don't know what mm. that is, spider crabs, and the bigger tortue, which can nip off a man's fingers as easily as I could nip a stem of rosemary. Um, winkles? I don't know what that is. Secret, I guess. <laughs> it's like all this fancy French stuff and then winkles. Yeah. <laughs> Pallured in a toppet, a giant black lobster, regal on its bed of seaweed. Wait, wink, winkles in a lobster? <laughs> yeah, winkles is in that, a lobster. <laughs> I want to look that up. What's a, what's a winkle? <laughs> yeah. So that's the seafood course. Um... Let's see. What else have we got here? I'm looking up Winkle Lobster. Let's see. Yeah, what, what is that? I'm Native Lobster? Oh. He was Oysters caught by a fisherman nicknamed Winkle. Wait, I don't think that's... <laughs> All shellfish... Wait, so it's a type of shellfish? But I don't know. <laughs> There's somebody, like... I went to some industry page. <laughs> Processors of Winkles. Wholesale... Wholesale suppliers of Winkles. Importers of Winkles. <laughs> Companies who sell Winkles. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, wow. It's some kind of, I don't know, crustacean or shellfish. <laughs> Wait, let me... Winkle. Oh, well, listen to what the dessert for it is for this meal. Chocolate fondue. So, I mean, that goes back to what you were saying about, like, community and sitting down at a table together and, you know, I mean, what's more communal a dessert than fondue? <laughs> like, you sit down, you take your time, you're all dipping from the same pot, like, you yeah. know, it's a very... That's not, yeah, and we all pretty much know what fondue is, so that's kind of funny. It's like all of these fancy terms and all this stuff and then it's like and eh, fondue yeah <laughs> but yeah that's definitely yeah like you're saying like a very but yeah it seemed like the perfect fun. you know ending yeah. to a, a meal like that like chocolate fondue i'm assuming <laughs> as opposed to cheese cheese fondue. yes <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to try cheese fondue sometime i have a little fondue oh yeah pot, you should do it but like i've done chocolate you know, dip and stuff. But. My um, my Jeez. best friend has a um, a New Year's party every year, and we always go over there. And um, for several years, she was doing like fondue, and so we'd have like a cheese fondue um, for appetizer, and then like um, a meat and vegetable fondue, and then like chocolate fondue for dessert. Mm. You know, she do all three courses. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All this food. <laughs> well, let's get into recipes. Okay. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if you're ready for this. I know. Yeah. Well, I kind of talked about my... Unless so you guys know I tempered it. some chocolate, okay. or I tried to. Wait, what? Oh, no, what? I, I was just saying, unless we're skipping something, which I'm sure we are, but whatever. Like, Oh, there's, there's just too much. so much... <laughs> Yeah, from the themes to, of course, all the food, and then the types of magic, and the, the people, and yeah, there's like so much to delve into with this book, and we've already like <laughs> talked a ton about it, yeah. But... Alright, well, let's, let's bring it back in. Recipes. <laughs> I know, I know, it's very easy to kind of go off the deep end with this. 
Um, but yeah, so so I decided to do um, the men mendiants, which re read what you have from your but so I have the the little book of of chocolate that goes along with the book in the movie, mm -hmm. and the mendiants are in here, but it doesn't really give a lot of detail about them or like the history. Um, it says that. Uh, they're traditional chocolates and they're um, named mendiants uh, after the beggars who sold them door to door um, and then she says or Joanne Harris says that she used to make them with her daughter Anushka uh, when she was only four years old and um, that they're among some of her favorites uh, because they're they're easy to make with kids and, yeah uh, but but your cookbook has more info about it, right? Yeah, it does. And actually, bit. I thought mm -hmm. this was interesting that these are her favorites because in the book they are Beyond's favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Then, you know, her her daughter is inspired by her own daughter, so you know, there's a lot of parallels there. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. like um, like you said, the name means beggars and traditionally served at Christmas um, with toppings of dried fruit and nuts in four colors. They were meant to represent um, the four Roman Catholic. Um, medicant orders, is that how you pronounce that? Um, white for Dominicans, Medicans. gray for the Franciscans, uh, brown for the Carmelites, and deep purple for the Augustines. So yeah, there's lots of, um, yeah, ties in with the church, with chocolates in France. <laughs> yeah, and then I want to read, um, but, let's see. But what did so you put on yours? <laughs> oh, yeah, so I put, um... What did I put? <laughs> Wait. So, so yeah, so I tempered the chocolate, and then you just put, like, a little spoon, like, a little spoonful on parchment paper in it to make, like, a little flat disc. Um, and, and I swirled it a little, some of them I swirled a little bit with white chocolate, um, but for the most part, I just left it dark chocolate. Um, and then I put on some pistachio, because I love the green color, yeah, and in the movie, gorgeous. I remember seeing pistachio chocolates. A few times, because um, and the green just like stood out yeah, to me, so that's nice. why it was like in my mind. Yeah. So and then also um, some pumpkin seeds, like little green pumpkin seeds, and um, some dried apricot, like diced really you know small, so that pretty orange yeah. color, and then some pineapple and that candied pineapple. Goes well with the chocolate. Yeah, and then some uh, craisins, so dried cranberries. Uh, and then I did, I, I sprinkled, like, just a teeny amount of sea salt. Mm. But it didn't really, I mean, that was just totally, just because it was sitting there on the counter, and I was like, mm, <laughs> salt and chocolate. But really the, and also I think a couple of them I put, like, a cashew piece. But really, you can just throw on yeah, any kind you of want. biz, yeah. So in the book, um, when Vianne is talking about that it's her favorite, and she says, I prepare a batch of mendiants, thus named because they were sold by beggars and gypsies years ago. These are my own favorites. Um, which in, in the book says she makes them biscuit-sized. Um, but I just made mine like little quarters, kind of like little coins. Um, and of dark milk or white chocolate, upon which have been scattered lemon rind, almonds, and plump malaga raisins. Um, and Vianne says she prefers the dark ones. Made with 70% coverture, <laughs> bitter smooth on the tongue with a taste 
of the secret tropics. Ooh. Yeah, so like a, a pineapple, tropical. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, you can just like so nuts and dried fruit. Put whatever. And that's you nice because I mean it's so simple, and you can put whatever you yeah. want. Yeah, it's really like a blank canvas. Yeah, nice. and so. Um, so I made the, so I had this tempered dark chocolate, so I made some mendiants, um, but then I also, um, dipped some, I quartered a peach, or I, I eighthed it, I cut it. it. (laughs) Yeah. Eighthed it in eight pieces. Right. That's going to (laughs) catch on. I quartered the quarter. Okay. There you go. No, that would be a 16th. Never mind. (laughs) You half the quarters. Math. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what did it, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so I got these peach wedges. And so this was in the cookbook, the chocolate cookbook, but it kind of goes along with the the third book in the series, The Peaches for Monsieur Le, Le Cure. Um, which takes place in just... Romulan, which we were talking about earlier. So, but anyway, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> um, I know, we might have to revisit the series in a future podcast. Um, but, so you just dip the peach pieces uh, like one side in the in the chocolate and then um press that into some shredded coconut so super simple there you go um and then i also had some fresh cherries dip those bad boys in (laughs) and then (laughs) because that was something my dad and i when i when i was little anyway like chocolate covered cherries we loved them but they were like the store-bought kind that weren't really They're kind of like Real syrupy and yeah. Well, yeah. I made my chocolate cherry smoothie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great cherries. combo. <laughs> yeah, um, but this was just yeah. So I just took fresh cherries and held the stem and just kind of dragged them in the chocolate. Um. Um, and then also I made like to kind of um, go along with the chili pepper mentioned in the in the book a little bit um but then like the whole you know mesoamerican his- history <laughs> of chocolate so i made um and this was also in the book but it's so easy oh my gosh you just have so you have your melted chocolate dark chocolate you uh, pour it into a plastic wrap lined pan and then just so, so it's thin so it's like an eighth of an inch deep and then you just sprinkle sea salt on top and um, I and red pepper flakes so I just I had like a dried chili pepper and I just like cut it up into tiny pieces so with the seeds and this you know the skin so nice. sprinkle that on top let it dry and then you break it up so it's kind of like you know chocolate bark or whatever yeah I love and you that you can use it for decorating or you could just eat it like it is yeah yeah, I love how everything you made is, like, so simple and yet so, like, know, perfect, right? you know? I, I just kept know. going. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I got this melted chocolate. Yeah. Let me do something. Put it on Let me do something with cardboard. It. And it That's why I didn't finish reading the book. I was too busy, like, making stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't finish reading the book because I just got so caught up with the awesomeness of it. I feel like that that kind of redeems me a little bit yes. <laughs> from not finishing because I was so caught up with it. But what did you make? Um, let's see. I made a couple things as well. Although, one, I'm going to share the recipe on, um, Fiction Kitchen. And then one, um, I'm telling you all this, like, consequential stuff. Like, Eat is coming up at the end of 
Ramadan, and I am sharing that on my blog for this, like, Eid Eats event um, that ah, know, a bunch of bloggers are doing, so plug for that. Um, nice. Yeah, there's several bloggers that are just kind of like, you know, everybody's going to post recipes on the same day or whatever, so, uh, but I will describe. It's a party. Huh? <laughs> yeah, a party. It's an online party. Yeah, yeah. Lent's nice. over, Ramadan's over, let's eat some chocolate. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, Eid, Eid is, like, known as, like, the festival of sweets, you know, because, like, I think, like, at the end of this month, you kind of celebrate that it's over. Kind of like, you know, at Easter, you eat chocolates. But anyway, like, I made meringues, which, um, like, they eat in the book. I think, um, Vian and Josephine are, like, just sitting and talking, and, um, like, during the scene, Vian says something really nice. Like, they're talking about, um, Chinese funerals, and something about some kind of funeral, like, celebrating life, and Josephine's like, oh, I can never do that, and, and Vian says, um, life is what you celebrate, all of it, even its end, which I thought was really nice. Mm. Um, yeah. But, um, meringues are basically just egg whites, sugar, and chocolate, so very, very simple, but they make, like, a really light, fluffy cookie, kind of. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. you just, like, bake them on a, you whip up the egg whites and everything and just bake them on a super low temperature and then leave them in the turned-off oven overnight to crisp up. Yeah, yeah, and they, like, they can be made with just egg whites and sugar, yeah, but of yeah, course yeah, this but is course chocolate, these are, these are chocolate, so we gotta add in the cocoa powder, which, that's cool, because I won't, when I think of meringues, I only think yeah, of, the like, white, the white yeah. kind, but then this is, this is cool, so was it kind of, like... Did it turn, like, light brown, or was it kind of swirly? Well, you can make them swirly, you know, like, you can stir in just the cocoa powder at the end, but I did it a little bit more evenly. And actually, (laughs) (laughs) confession, like, I I beat my egg whites a little too stiff, and so they collapsed a little bit on themselves, so you have to be careful of that. Mm -hmm. Like, they, um... Yeah, that's tricky stuff. Yeah, like, egg whites are kind of, um, delicate. Like, these are not hard to make, but, like, I just kept going when I should have stopped. <laughs> so, the, but I mean, they were... You're overselling. Yeah, I know. They, they were still <laughs> fine, but like, I, I was I was joking, like, um, the the French called these, um, pet d'ange, which is... Yeah, tell us Angel farts. <laughs> which actually, you told this to me. I, I feel like we need a sound effect, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember This has become a crude sound effects podcast. But yeah, anyway, like... I, I told you I had never heard them called that before, but then, like, I, I think, like, in the Francophile corner of my head, like, I, I feel like I had that memory, so maybe I have. But, yeah, it's just so yeah. funny. Um, and then it's in that little video. Yeah, um, that, like, you know, the, the church sees, you know, chocolate is, like, an evil indulgence, so the chocolatiers started, like, poking fun at the church. So anyway, yeah. like back, back to my meringues, I was I was describing yes. them as um, fallen angel farts. Oh, <laughs> since, since they fell a little bit, <laughs> but they were still good. They were just like a little bit more dense than they were supposed to be. And I was actually surprised at how chocolatey they were. You know, I thought since they were like so um, so light, like you wouldn't really get much of the chocolate flavor, but you really do. They were really nice and chocolatey. Oh. And I made like a. Um, like a Chantilly cream, which is just a fancy name for whipped cream, um, to go with them. Yeah, so they were nice. <laughs> yeah, and then my nice. other um, my other recipe that I made for um, for Eid, I did um, rose creams, 
because you love some yes, rose. Yes, and I was like, you know, flavoring. if Vian yeah. had to guess my favorite chocolates, <laughs> it would be like something with some kind of floral flavor, you know, because I'm like so obsessed yeah. with And she talks about rose creams, right? I'm not sure if they like were in, in the, the book or in the I'm movie. I'm not sure if they were in the book because I don't remember them, but they are in the lollipop shoes, which I'm only like two chapters oh, into, but okay. they've all already been mentioned. So I was like, okay, rose creams. So this is like a, like a really old fashioned, you know, um, chocolate recipe. You basically make a rose fondant by mixing mm-hmm. like rose syrup and I used ruafsa which is like the um to kind of tie it in with Eid because um ruafsa is like a a rose syrup and you can make a really nice um drink out of it and so we've been drinking it like almost every night during Ramadan and it's like a really nice summery drink or whatever so I was like I'm gonna you know incorporate that into my my chocolate recipe or whatever so I use that to make a like the rose cream and then you just melt chocolate and roll it in it and and make little chocolates but they're really pretty they're like pink on the inside (laughs) yeah they sound really nice yeah they're they're cute yeah so remember when you take a picture of them uh, cut one open or take a bite out of one I did I I, I sliced one in half so you can see like the the inside of it (laughs) yeah so it's really nice they're they're pretty because it's got like the pink So we've talked about our recipes, and there's so much to talk about in this book, but... (laughs) Yeah, this might be our longest episode to date, my goodness. But yeah, I think Carrie and I can both agree that this is a fabulous book. Yeah, I totally recommend you reading it. Uh, Yes, it's wonderful. Whether you're a foodie or not, it's just a gorgeous book. All right. Well, yes, we will share links to everything we talked about, um, including our, our, you know, fiction food picks from the beginning of the episode, as well as everything we talked about and our recipes on our website at fictionkitchenpodcast.com. Yep, and you can find us on other social medias. Uh, we are FKPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and we are Fiction Kitchen Podcast on Tumblr. Well, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Au revoir. <laughs> Au revoir. <laughs> All my girlfriend's a chocolate pope. She seems to be at the end of a rope. Italian candy with Swiss chocolate flavor. Such a delicious, delicious way. To save her